I am, um, the, I think I, I secretly started this podcast to do an episode about this movie. Just this one specifically? Yes. Um, I remember years ago, I met up with Rich to talk about doing an Aliens podcast. He don't, I don't think he remembers this. I remember this. But he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And then, <laughs> and then we didn't do it. And then that pivoted to, into the Fast and Furious season. And then now we've I very found, close cousin to Alien. Yeah. Well, he knew he knew the way to get me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, I just got to get him with something. Once his foot's in the door, he's he's an awful house guest. He'll never leave. It's the, it's the, <laughs> it was the long con because I knew it was because it was pitched as an Alien and Predator podcast. And then yes. Rich was like, I'm oh, all, I see, I see. Rich was like, I've only seen the first two Aliens movies. You've never seen a Predator. <laughs> and, and, never uh, seen a Predator. Never seen one. A Predator. One. <laughs> <laughs> we eventually do need to do Predator just so I can talk about Prey. I've seen that movie three times this year. All right. And I would watch it. I, I, I could watch it anytime. Anyway, this is not a Predator podcast, though. This is an Alien podcast. Specifically, the alien season of Franchise Surprise. Nice segue, wasn't it? Yes, I was wondering when you're about when you were gonna say uh, hello and welcome. <laughs> I, naturally, I just think it, I, I like to initiate, so I just thought we would just jump into it because I don't like this whole being a host thing. I just like this yeah. be, be a calm, casual <laughs> conversation, okay, folks. <laughs> Anyway, it's a free flowing conversation. Who knows where the topics will find you? Um, if you do an alien podcast and then you do a predator podcast, under which would alien versus predator fall? I feel like, um, because you've already nixed it for this one, yeah, I know. Because I really don't want to talk about alien versus predator until we talk Look. about predator. Okay, okay, so you want to complete Predator as well, I've never, and then you do the addendums? Yeah. I've never seen the Predator movies, or or Alien vs. Predator, so does, is Alien vs. Predator, like, in an entire third universe, or is it, like, does it take place in, like, Predator c- continuity? I, I think it's, like, Halloween 3. Yeah. Okay, so it's, like, a whole different universe. Yeah, okay. it's, like, side stories, kind okay. of. Yeah. Okay. Like, little one-shots. Uh, I have seen the first one, and I'll say this: yes, hell of a concept. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's great. Um, I remember I, I remember I was at a. I think I talked about this in the last episode, but I fell asleep at my cousin's house, woke up and did not know what was going on, and just decided, you know what, all these predators need voices, so I just started doing voices for all the predators, because. <laughs> there's a lot of conversations when it's like the the main character talking to a predator, and the predator, like. Is voiced by uh, f- not Frank Walker, Peter Cullen, and just does clicks and stuff like that. So it's like, <laughs> you know, he needs some dialogue. He needs a translator. I will do that. <laughs> so that was that's like the one and only time I've halfway seen Alien versus Predator. Have not seen <laughs> Aliens versus Predator Requiem, which I don't know Same. who the fuck they came up with Requiem. I guess we'll find out whenever we eventually cover that. <laughs> I have a feeling we won't. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do Predator first, so I'm saying that we need to do Predator because I I uh, recently yeah. just watched all the Predator movies because that Prey got me amped and I was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, all the pre- there goes there Nick. Goes. 
My auxiliary cords are just horrible. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I, yeah, I was all amped up because of Prey, so I went through and watched all the Predator movies in one weekend, and, it, and, I, and I ranked them, which is on Letterboxd. You can follow me on there, Nick Lathan. And anyway, so I'm like out of Predator mode. I got to get back. So I haven't, I haven't watched all the Alien movies since this Blu-ray came out, which is like over 10 years ago. So this has been a really cool trip down uh, old memory lane, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, I'm Nick Lathan. <laughs> Are we not doing the, the traditional opening of of uh, uh, welcome to? Oh, fine, we can do. No. Welcome. He to- was trying to be chill. I knew you were trying, trying to be to chill hang with the boys, but I, I forgot. I'm drinking I forgot a beer. I'm drinking. last time. <laughs> do you have to have like a? Well, yeah. Now I. Have, I think we I did last prepared. time. I think we did. Oh, introduction. But right. I'm also fine not doing it. You know what? I'll go ahead and do it. Welcome to Franchise Surprise. <laughs> the only podcast that podcasts at night, mostly. Oh, man, that's so good. Anyway, I'm Nick Lathan. <laughs> I'm Rip Camalucci. And I'm Peyton Lynch. Oh, man. Um, I don't know if you, if you listened to the commentary this time, Rich, but uh, Carrie... Uh, the the child actress. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Um, Ran or she hen? said, yeah, she said that that's her least favorite part of the movie when she says the they come they mostly come at they night come at mostly because her friends rag on her all the time and and quote that like every time. Yeah, they're like we yeah, only go to the we, movies at night mostly. It's a good, it's a good line. <laughs> it is, and and I feel like Carrie you know, Hen maybe being a Carrie little Hen, yeah. unfair to that line uh, uh, for for other reasons. <laughs> if it wasn't that line, it was going to be another, right? You know exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 what, what, yeah, let me let me like they're dead. What do you? <laughs> the part where she's like, "They're dead. Leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, most of the most of the quotes I picked up, picked up, wrote down are <laughs> they're dead. All right, can I go now? Yeah, yeah that that's it. <laughs> yeah, most of my quotes I wrote down are Frost and Hicks, not Hicks, uh, Hudson, which I just did what Hudson. Gorman did and got them mixed up. <laughs> um, they yeah, they mostly come at night, mostly. Oh yeah, Ripley. She doesn't have bad dreams because she's just a piece of plastic. <laughs> I think that's it until the final little final exchange between the two of them. Oh man, I fucking love this movie. When was the first time y'all watched Aliens? Uh, it wasn't long after I watched Alien. Um, yeah, just in college, probably. I watched it like right after college. I think when I I saw it right after. I got the, so I'd never seen any of the alien movies. And then I got the, the DVD set and I watched like all four of the, the like first movies right in a row. You know, now that I think of it, I got the first two movies on Blu-ray in college on a Black Friday deal. And I, because when I watched it today, it was, um, I watched the theatrical version, and I realized I think I only have ever watched the the, the special edition because there was that's some the scenes. version that um that's the special edition is the version that's that uh, James Cameron prefers. Yeah, <laughs> I I I'll tell you what, so do I because there were some scenes missing that I was I was missing. Here's the thing: I about enjoy the scenes. The director's cuts for James Cameron movies: Aliens, yes; Terminator Two, no. 
Terminator 2. I don't think I've ever seen the director's cut for Terminator 2. The the, the T2 director's cut just hammers home the father aspect of the movie. So, Mm -hmm. like, Aliens hammer homes the mother aspect of Ripley and Newt, and then Mm -hmm. T2 just hammers the T-800 John Connor father-son dynamic. Right. And um and there's also there but there's like one cool scene in which they're they like open up the T eight hundred's head and pull out a microchip and all this stuff and involve du- doubles in like a weird mirror setup. It was it's a great special effect. It's like pra- it's all practical. Fucking great. That scene's cool. The rest of all the other stuff I'm just like, eh, I can take it or leave. When it. James Cameron used to do practical effects. Oh man. I, I watched that. I watched that GQ interview today, and he was talking about they were gonna for Titanic. They were gonna build a replica of the Titanic for ten million dollars in Poland, and then he yeah. was, <laughs> and then he was like, ah, "But we can only sh- sink it once, so we can't do He's that." Gonna sink the whole big thing. <laughs> Fuck it. Build ten replicas. <laughs> So James Cameron's like, oh, I guess we'll just have to do computers and all that stuff. I don't didn't... you know who the fuck I am? I'm Big Jim. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I was watching that GQ interview to realize, because he talks about making digital domain with uh, Stan Winston. I was like, oh, yeah, he's just the Chad George Lucas. Like, that's, <laughs> that's who James Cameron is. <laughs> just jockey, jockey George Lucas. Yeah, and then... Then and Mike, then is Michael Bay the meathead James Cameron? He is, yeah. That, that's the progression. You go from yeah. Lucas to Cameron to Bay. <laughs> to Bay. Oh, man. Anyway. After watching that GQ thing, I'm stoked about Avatar. I probably won't watch it the day it comes out, but I'm going to wait a couple love weeks it. for that. I, I truly love one of my favorite things. Whatever happens, it's going to be an event, you know? It will be an event, and one of my favorite things has been watching all the all the film boys, all the all the film bros, like start start their cycle of talking themselves back into Avatar, <laughs> and it's been delightful. I don't I don't care if I never see a frame of that movie. Here's here's the thing about me. I'm a I'm a James Cameron fanboy, and I yes, have to see a James Cameron movie in the theater. Got to fucking do it. Got to. I went back, watched the, the 3D version of Titanic in the fucking theater. I don't even like Titanic, but I had to go see it because I'm a boy. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I am whatever the opposite of that is. That's me. <laughs> like, I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy, but you could watch those movies on literally on a flip phone and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you can watch them taking a shit and it's the same experience. Oh, speaking of which, when I was on my flight back from LA, I was, while I was watching Top Gun Maverick, I happened to peek over the woman what next to me what was watching she was watching clerks three she probably got five minutes in before she turned it off it may be (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, if you didn't pay to go see it as a fathom event then uh you're probably not gonna you're probably not dealing with a sunk cost fallacy there see i thought it was i I saw it was available for rental and i was like oh and then i Uh i was like that's still too much I gotta wait for it yeah, to go down no. to ninety nine cents. Yeah, or if it like just hops on Amazon Prime or something like that. Because that's how I, that's what I did for Jane Silent Bob reboot, and that was a perfectly fine time. Yeah, yeah, maybe I what should. I... Oh, go ahead. I said maybe that's what, what I should do. <laughs> what I was gonna say was that what I do remember before I saw Aliens, um, I remember the VHS uh, cassette like cover for it. 
Um, and I remember being really intrigued by it. My uncle was really into horror movies and they had that. And like, before I even knew about Alien, I saw like the, the VHS uh, cover for Aliens and I thought it was very interesting um, looking. And I was also like, oh, I would be scared of this movie because there's like going to be a lot of these alien creature things and they look really scary. One, Peyton, thank you for preventing this from becoming a Viewisk Universe podcast, which was... <laughs> quickly becoming um and and two uh man i i remember being scared by vhs covers like just walking through blockbuster i think the one that like scared me like didn't scare me the most but like whatever a horrifying intrigue that you can muster would would it uh, was uh, uh, killer clowns from outer space Uh-oh. which i've still never seen but we did do the uh, house in and uh universal horror nights um well you've seen the movie because that's what that house was well then there you go that's the <laughs> a, a quick movie the only thing that was missing from that haunted house was a character explaining what we have already seen in the movie that's to five different people <laughs> So he just explains the, At the entire same time, the no, entire no. plot to a bunch of people. Oh, d- different time. Whenever he sees a new person who doesn't know what yeah. happened, he has to explain to them what we as a viewer have already seen. Yeah, um, is, that, like, is that character's name Download? Yes. <laughs> That's like when you're in fifth grade and you start writing your own scripts. You think every time a character who hasn't been in the play or the movie comes up that you need to catch them up and that the audience has to like hear them say exactly what happened before. Oh man. I gotta show my work. (laughs) uh, Looping back around because I love talking about VHS covers. The two that scared the shit out of me the most as a child, one was Teen Wolf because my brain, I was like, oh, werewolves come out in the day now? (laughs) I was I just terrified. I didn't know it was a teen a teen romp. I didn't know it was a yeah, comedy. You didn't, you didn't realize those waves were his. Yeah. <laughs> and um the second one was uh for some reason Jason takes Manhattan cuz it was the there's like a, a image on the back of I've talked about this on other podcasts I know, but it's um him coming out of like a porthole cuz the whole fucking movie takes place on a boat. Except for the last like twenty minutes, finally takes place on Manhattan. So it's Jason takes a long boat, boat trip to Manhattan. Anyway, <laughs> it's him coming out of a porthole and like choking somebody. And in my little kid brain, I thought, "Oh, Jason comes out of mirrors now." No, if I can't fucking look in the mirror because mm. it looked like a mirror to me. And then, <laughs> yeah, what, fast forward to Evil Dead Two. That shit happens. And fast it, forward to being in third grade and your classmates. Egging you on to go into the 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 single stall that you had in the classroom to go in there and do the the, the say Candyman in the mirror five times with the, the lights off. I'm we, sure that also didn't help mirrors at all. We were we were a Bloody Mary uh, crew. All of our kids. We were Bloody we Mary in my We had them both. Too. I yeah. needed to pick one, and I chose poorly. <laughs> but we did. Well, do Candyman both. was the the cinematic one. Uh, well, s- speaking of cho- also, speaking of choosing also, poorly. I got a great transition to a trivia about aliens. Oh, here we go. There you uh, go. The man Panama hat from Last Crusade is the head of the board for Waylon Utani in the Inquest scene. Oh, that's which funny. I did not know that okay. until I happened to check IMDb, and I was like, "Holy Can we shit!" Talk about the beginning of this movie, please. Uh, w- which beginning? Uh, the the let's talk about both beginnings. Can we talk about James Cameron introducing the director's cut first? <laughs> Oh, I I forgot about that. He said, this is Jim Cameron, so we automatically know he's our bud. 
He introduces himself as Jim. Hey, I'm Big Jim Cameron. And then, like, it's just a montage of pictures, and it's just him talking. He's like, this is the ride we continue to take, so enjoy it. Like, here you go, you fucking nerds. Enjoy this shit. I love them. Anyway. (laughs) You mean the part where where they find the, the skate pod, or after that? I mean, like, that whole... That whole thing. Oh, the like, whole... they find the escape pod, mm-hmm. they they thaw her ass out, and the cat. <laughs> they thaw her ass out. <laughs> just, just leave her under, like, a, a, a tap for a little while. They, they hang her up on clothespins and turn a heat lamp on her. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they did to Jonesy. They put him yeah. on a heat lamp. <laughs> Can we get, like, a... I, I wish I could draw, so I would... Because I would totally draw a frozen Jonesy, like... Just in a pose, just being thought out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it was funny because it, it, it's been a while since I like recall the re- opening, opening, opening moments of this movie. And uh, uh, so, like when they're like cutting it open, mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, that just seems haphazard to just cut into it without knowing what's in there." And then it's a robot doing it. It's like, "All right, well, that's smart." And then another robot comes in and scans for life forms. I'm like, "All right, that's smart." All right, so you're getting me. You're getting me. Um, and then they they don't have the part, and like they don't show, you know, like her like coming to for the first time, and like all the other stuff. They just kind of one cut to the the dream um, of her waking up. Uh, where Paul Reiser, uh, who is in the context of this, uh, unintroduced, uh, to Ripley at this point, uh, bringing in Jonesy, uh, and then, and then, uh, oh boy, there's a chest burster. It's a nightmare, which like, of course that's, that's, that's called PTSD. God damn it. Yeah. That's incredibly fucking accurate. And honestly, it should, it should be, it should be debilitating. It's a fun, I think the dream sequence is kind of a fun uh, fake out too, because I feel like it was kind of a um, convention of horror movies to like bring back the leading character and then kill them off like early on in the movie. Mm. So I think it it was probably like an interesting, like probably audience members were like, oh my God, Ripley's going to die like in the first five minutes of this movie. It's also where they knew that it was like a dream. It's also a thing where, like, James Cameron's like, all right, we, I know you all love the chestburster thing. Let's get that shit out right, of the way. Right. Yeah, yeah. That- well, and there's so, much, there's so much that follows that scene in the movie that you don't see the aliens at all, too. So I'm sure it was like a, they want to make sure mm-hmm. that they get, like, their, their violence quota before yeah. they need to do all the, the introductory stuff and all that stuff. And it's also a, a grabbing opener without actually having to commit to it Mm -hmm. like you don't actually have to deal with the chest burster coming out of your main characters your beloved main characters chest at this point you can proceed as as normal one thing real quick that uh to Peyton's point of uh uh, killing off your main characters in uh, in horror movies and, and whatnot uh it's a good thing that this this franchise doesn't do that to any characters that you've uh, d- developed a, a deep uh, investment in and then kill them off in the, the next movie very quickly. I still haven't seen the next movie, but I know things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Ne- the next movie pisses me the fuck off. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Um, well, here's the thing about this movie at this point. Um, 
is the fact that there's so much shit that you, it's in this movie that you just don't fucking do now. You don't do a dream sequence at the start. And, sure. like, all this other fake-out shit. But this was the first fucking movie to do it, so they fucking get away with it. And yeah, like, it's the same thing that we talked about else. in there's... the in the for, for in the first episode of like novelty. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the first one to do it, boom! Everyone else is is, is a ripoff artist after that. That reminds Derivative. me of um. There's a scene a little bit later on in the movie where um where Ripley approaches the um the soldiers and she's like, "Hey, is there anything I can do? Like, I want to be helpful." And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure." Like. Why don't you try that using that forklift? And it's sort of like probably one of the earliest conventions of like, oh my God, I can't believe she did that. She's mm-hmm. a girl. And it's like, it's it's not annoying because I think that this is sort of like one of the first movies that did it. And it's also like in other movies, they do it just to like do it. But in this movie, it actually has a purpose because she's going to like use that thing later on off. to fight the monster. Yeah. 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 They, yeah, uh, James Cameron, very good at setting shit up and then paying it off. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick, on the topic of ripping off, because I'm pretty sure Big Jim's done this to himself. Where do we stand <laughs> on directors ripping themselves off and just kind of like having, I call them signatures, you know, signature mm-hmm. shots, signature uh, lines of dialogue, what have you. But I know I know some people look at it as like, ah, oh, look at this fucking hack. Well, definitely like the amp suits from Avatar are ripoffs of the power loader. Mm-hmm. So, like, he ripped mm-hmm. himself off with that. And then, like, yeah. there's a lot of shit in Avatar that's fucking just aliens again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, like, Vietnam thing where, like, people with lower technology versus, like, yeah. high-tech dudes. He, he mm-hmm. That's a recurring thing that he fucking loves to do. Um, I'm trying to think of... I'm just trying to go back through all God. the James Cameron He would have loved Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you be, well, you know, famously wrote Rambo too. <laughs> oh man big jim love him yeah um speaking of him this is the i talked about this in the last episode but the two robots i just gotta point it out because it fucking cracks me up the 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 little arm that comes in just scans the room mm-hmm. they didn't have any money for that and james cameron's like fuck it i'll pay for it and yeah, then he paid for it yeah love it and it looks cool as shit, and that's why he yeah. put it in there. <laughs> well, it also it looks like the it's like a callback to the laser, like uh, that laser layer in the first movie, like over the eggs. Um, yeah, it, at least it it it, it uh, brought that to mind. Yeah, yeah, it evoked that. Um, I'm gonna have a. He did say he did. I think he did say like that opening sequence. Um, especially in when they're finding Ripley was like sort of his like transition from like Ridley Scott's style into like his own style because he wanted it to be like thematic or stylistically reminiscent of the first movie, but also add his own style into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He does such, it's a, it's a magic trick. Him it just flipping genres like this. I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. think of anybody who has done this that well since yeah the successfully yeah to to go from a a straight like horror movie into like a horror action well he war war movie yeah well he did it again with uh terminator because that the first one's like a suspense right action and then like the second one's just straight up just action all throughout Mm mm-hmm oh man anyway 57 fucking years. Yeah. Right. 
Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is this is the biggest flaw in the movie to me, and I don't know how things are in the future. I don't know what the the, the legalities are. I don't know this, that, and the other. I don't know what 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 you know media looks like. But if what happened to Ripley in that first movie happened happened to me, happened to you, happened to Ripley herself, God damn it! I'm either getting a big fat pay off. support yeah. my gen- my my family for 12 generations check signing up well she doesn't have any more family <laughs> well uh no i know because i was like wait where'd the scene go with the yeah um or or i'm going to the fucking press i don't give a shit how big Waylon yatani is like this is not this is people 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 ah i would be I would be to call back to Kevin Smith. I would be Bartleby and Loki in that fucking conference room. The uh, <laughs> the thing about ass. that, which is funny, yeah, it's fucked up that that happens, but also shows like how powerful this corporation is. Where she'll be like, "Oh no, yeah, you fucked up." Yeah, it's like, yeah. I feel like the I feel like the connotation is is like uh, we actually don't believe you for what happened, and we think that it's your fault, and like any damages that you want to like come to us for, we're going to say like, actually you lost like our whole oil rig. You lost like all this stuff. Like that's actually your fault. And we're, we're completely, are we wash our hands of it? But again, like what's the media situation? Like, right. Go. Yeah. Can you take to a reporter and just be like, where did these other people go? What happened? Like, I know they're saying that I killed them, but I did not this and that, this and that there should still also be like some physical evidence as far as like the acid blood and whatnot. That is an interesting um, part of this universe that I don't think has really been explored in some of the sequels. I can't really remember from the the third or the fourth one because I've only seen them like once. But I feel like they don't really show us what the like the media situation is in this universe. Well, don't, don't, don't get me started because I will uh, (laughs) uh, come up with any excuse to insert uh, like a, a, a reporter story in any universe. <laughs> like the fact that in Andor we got like some actual journalism. Like they talk about, did you see the news? And they show a news broadcast. And I've been asking for journalism in Star Wars for maybe a decade. And so I will just do read that the shit. just read the extended universe novels. They have I, some in there. Is there a Fletch <laughs> version? Is there a Fletch of the Star Wars universe? Because I'm fucking reading those books. We're getting there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just literally give me an all the president's men in every genre. I don't give a fuck. Oh, I would love an Alan J. Pakula style film in yeah. any universe. Yeah. Uh, real quick, to touch on the whole media thing, have mm. either one of you saw Moon or Mute? The two Duncan uh, Moon Jones. Moon has been on my list for fucking. Well, I, I'm not going to spoil it, years. but uh, watch Moon and then watch a little bit of Mute. You don't have to watch all of Mute, but Mute okay. takes place in the same universe as Moon. And um, the events of Moon are shown in the news in Mute, and it's very funny. Okay, interesting. Because it's Sam Rockwell coming back as himself, like doing a press conference, and like it's just in the love that shit. It's just in the background, like for like a split second. So like 
they do tackle the whole news cycle in a sci-fi universe because like oh yeah some fucked up shit happens and this guy survived it now he's talking (laughs) to the press it's fucking great uh that was the best part of me rest of it um i don't have to watch it again (laughs) good to know all right as soon as that happens i can i can check out you can cut this you a mini sequel just watch it for that little mini sequel to moon that's it but moon is amazing anyway watch it one last one last thing uh real quick about this whole opening and 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 place setting um the 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 true reality would be that this 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 megala company would straight up just probably kill her yeah (laughs) like no one else would know Mm -hmm. right and like is that the purpose of this mission is to like we either get the stuff back or she's not a problem anymore. And then ha 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 when she comes back, look, I brought a kid. Yeah. There's no way that like because the, I know we're jumping. I feel ahead like a lot something yeah. With I the, feel like something that they're probably that's not shown on screen, which is good because it's like subtle storytelling, is that mm-hmm. that probably is like the corporation probably does believe her, and that's probably why they sent yeah. her on the mission. Well, that's why, because so yeah. fucking Burke is the one that's like, oh, right. that shit mm-hmm. happened. Huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah, see so how they, I can spin this to, yeah, to make money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and either, yeah, again, like, we bring them back, uh, A+, plus, uh, or she's not a problem anymore, A+. Plus. The other right. thing was, I don't give a. Here's where there's no number that you could sl- write on a piece of paper, fold that piece of paper, slide it across the table. I pick up that piece of paper, I open that piece of paper, and I see a number, and I say, yeah, I'll do it. There's no number. There's no number. The number doesn't exist to get me to go fucking back there. Like, that's when I will just say, fucking kill me. <laughs> that, that Put part a bullet of this- in my brain. Now that you mention it, that part of the storyline is a little confusing to me because it's almost referenced like like Ripley is an indentured servitude or something. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I heard that you're working at the, uh, in wherever the, the and dock like, or whatever. And the docks. And that's the only job that you can get. And it's like, why would that be the only job? Like, can she just not work for this company anymore? And yeah. Just work somewhere else. Well, here's the it's- thing that's like not really talked about a lot is that there's a lot of that type of shit. Uh, Vasquez and Drake, specifically of the Colonial Marines, they're prisoners and they're serving a sentence. Right, right, okay. yeah. yeah. So it's like it's shit like that. Like that's so probably that that's seems like similar to Ripley's, in throughout the like, background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I still, I still put forth, uh, just, just end me now because <laughs> yeah. I am not. You're gonna, you can take my corpse. You can take that, my corpse, yeah. fine. Uh, but no, also. Maybe, maybe I'll think about it. If you give me some, some not shitty coffee cups, what were those things? (laughs) Little glass. There's no, you can't drink coffee out of that unless coffee is still good. Not, but like, I don't know what future coffee's like. I'm not going to presume anything. I love how those cups are are not good. At the, at the, at the Hadley's Hope Base, I like those coffee cups. They're like little bitty plastic ones. They're like little cappuccino cups. Drinking hot chocolate out of coffee. Yeah. Love it. All right, where are we on Sigourney Weaver's wig in this uh, before Hadley's Hope sequence? I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you brought up wig stuff because it's. I I am so wig blind. I I like I I can't tell a good wig or a bad wig if it's on my own fucking head. So I want to know. 
<laughs> it's not I'm not saying it's a great wig, but I think it's so iconic and it's Excellent. so funny because it's like I think this one was made in the 80s, right? Yeah. The 86. first one was made in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like she got an update for like no reason. So like her hair is like kind of permed or something. Mm-hmm. It's also like who permed Ripley's hair? Like I I know that they were trying to like match the length that she had in the third movie, but it, or the, in the first movie, but it's just so funny how it's styled and everything. It's great because like two years prior we had Data Barrett and like had her had that yeah. haircut. So like you're <laughs> Just take what you did with that wig, and then model. It just looks like a fucking like uh, like a poodle. Like they just took yeah, them. Yeah. Like it just comes down. Like it's the two ears that come down, and like little bangs that stick out. It's so funny, and <laughs> and but, it doesn't really match her character at all. It's just so funny. Yeah. Well, that's that's well, like the haircut on Hadley's Hope is the her actual hair, but the wig right from anyway, like replicating what happened in Alien. I will say, though, as far as Wiz go, better than the one Jamie Lee Curtis wore in Halloween 2. Absolutely. <laughs> Much better than that atrocity on <laughs> Jamie Lee, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis this, this the first been, This Halloween has been an ep- a, a mini episode of wig <laughs> ranking. Rank the films by wigs. We got number one, Aliens. Number two, Halloween 2. Oh, man. God. I... I <laughs> I'm sorry. Do I, I smell a a, a, a Patreon uh, episode of Peyton uh, uh, doing the 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 Jamie Lee Curtis Hall of Fame wigs? Episode? <laughs> well, that's also going to be on uh, as we talked about in our text earlier, an episode of uh, Pax to the Max, which um, I just, Pax to the Max, in which I just gush about Bill Paxton for twelve hours. <laughs> In this 12-part series, Newt Lathan just yeah. talks about Bill Paxton for an hour straight each episode. It, um, no guess. It's just me by myself. I don't I don't think that a character in a movie has been more of an audience surrogate for exactly how I would act in this situation than Bill Paxton, than Hicks is for me. In this, I can't in this tell you Hudson, how much... Yeah. Hudson. God damn it. Hudson. I can't tell you how much... Me and my brother emulated Bill Paxton from this fucking movie. <laughs> like, the way we talked, the way we did everything, which is fucking just a carbon copy of Bill yeah. Paxton in this movie. Like Because he cusses a lot, he shoots a lot of guns. When he's like, it's the part where they're like looking through the floor, and there's like all the holes in the floor, and he hocks a loogie. Like, me and my brother did that shit all the time just to see how fucking far down something was. I, uh, real quick, the floor, I don't know the next time we're going to talk about the fucking floor in this goddamn movie, but... <laughs> Uh, uh, was the floor designed by the same people who designed floors in Arkham in the Arkham games? <laughs> I actually think um, they said that the floor was like from the actual uh, plant, like, the like factory that they were filming in. Oh, all right then. Then 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 my comment. <laughs> Uh, is forwarded to the architect of that building. Oh my god! Just I'm, I'm just picturing just fucking Batman going around goddamn Hadley's Hope, just taking out thugs, <laughs> going into the air ducts, and like, well, there is what there is like a man. I can't believe the penguin bought uh, uh, Whalen Yadani. This is crazy. <laughs> you oh, know, now we work in space. It's nuts. You know, I could be loading power, driving power loaders right now, but the penguin's got me working as an engineer servant. <laughs> Hey, did you hear what? Did you hear what Maxi Zeus is up to on that planet Pandora? Are these your Batman voices? These are our uh, Batman goons. This is Goon Chatter. Oh, okay, okay, this is another Batman. podcast okay. called It's Goon the Bat. Chatter. Anyway, it's the Bat. It's the Bat. 
That's what you got to say every time. But there was a part in the movie that kind of struck me as kind of weird because, like, they're going through the they're go- at the end when they're going through the air ducts and Newt's like turn this way turn this way they took a wrong mm-hmm. turn it's a deleted scene but there's a Joker trophy down the hall that they have to get. <laughs> Nick, if you wanna if you wanna just like cut it right there and redo it the Riddler trophies, but we'll still laugh. What did I say, anyway. Joker? You said Joker trophies. Fuck it, I don't care. It's a Riddler trophy. <laughs> if, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and played the Arkham games, you got the fucking joke. That is, yeah, you get it. <laughs> um, actually, God, the the it. Joker's dead corpse is like a hallucination in the air ducts. Tell it. <laughs> Great job, Batman. Horrible Joker impression, specifically of Mark Hamill as Joker. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, also, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Oh man. Anyway, Ugh. So, so don't even get me started. Watching videos all week last week. Where are we? Um, the uh, uh, I I when you were talking to me about originally doing a podcast in this kind of about aliens and stuff. Um, wasn't it or there's something my memory's awful Nick there's something about you in a podcast and the phrase Octarian Poontang I yes transitioning into this because I do have that in my notes it doesn't matter when it's Arcturian, <laughs> baby so I did our father one time and then that's what it was and then Rich was like Fuck. You got to have a little character trait or whatever. And I was like, and I had just watched Alien. And like, I was just, I had just rewatched Aliens. And I was like, this guy had sex with an alien. So, like, that's my <laughs> character trait is that I, because the whole point of our father is that you're the confessing guest, a sin. Oh, you're confessing. The yeah, confessing yeah. a sin. And the guest knows what they did. But, Pat, oh, but the father has to guess. He like, doesn't yeah. know. So like I'm like, date, yeah. He's like, yeah, I had sex with an Arct, and like I brought up Arcturian at one point during the. I just remember mm-hmm. saying Arcturian a lot, referencing Steely Dan, and then Five Guys. That was it. That was the the three things from that podcast. I remember. But anyway, yeah, that was like me. I, I think I came up with that on like on the Uber ride over. I was like, oh yeah, fucking Arcturian Poontang. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what you told me. Yeah. Oh man. Rico Ross. Is that Bill, pa- is that Bill Paxton? Who that was that? Uh, that was Frost, aka Rico Ross. Oh. Who, which, um, if you go back, I don't know if it's still available to listen to, but his episode of "I Was There Too" with Matt Gorley is very good. He uh, gives a lot of insight into the Colonial Marines as to like all the different, like all the stuff with their uniforms. Like his says, it's a heart, and it says everybody for years thought it said Heath, but it's Heath because. His wife, I think it was his wife or girlfriend at the time's name was Heather, and he called her Heath. Oh, nice. So that was like his little tribute to his like significant other. But everybody just thought oh, it was Heath. <laughs> that's that's what you get it uh, uh, changed to when they when you break up and you got to get it co- yeah covered up. Um, and and then you all it's next to a a, 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 a tattoo of Heathcliff. Yeah, to explain why it says Heath. Exactly. Or of like a you know just put a just put a um, candy bar around it. Yeah, just you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. another th- another little tidbit he <laughs> talked about in that episode. I'm trying to th- what was it? Yeah, the Arcturian thing. He just they just made it up because they like a lot of that dialogue was just them improvising. Mm. Oh, okay, nice. And um, 
and Frost, you'll notice, has a shitload of fucking great lines outside of Hudson. And it's he because does, yeah. James Cameron really wanted Rico Ross to be in this movie, but Stanley Kubrick also wanted Rico Ross to be in Full Metal Jacket. So James Cameron was so like... So he only had like limited filming time? So he was like, all right, well, what we can do is we can put you in this movie and just give you all the best lines. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, I'll do Aliens. So that's why he's not... In, not he might be in Full Metal Jacket, but like James Cameron, like that was the deal he made. Was like, I'm gonna put, you, I'm gonna give you all the fucking best lines. Rico Ross, poor guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just desperately desired uh, for my film talents, my acting talents by <laughs> Big Jim Cameron and Sly Stanley Kubrick. Well, Jim, this was only like his second big movie. Yes, like he wasn't. Yeah, so he wasn't. He wasn't well Big Jim yet. yet. He yeah. wasn't Big Jim yet. He was Lil' Jim. He was Lil' Jim. <laughs> which, <laughs> which we can kind of talk about James Cameron. That, that was actually uh, Gail Ann Hurd's uh, uh, pet name for him, was Lil' Jim. <laughs> Ooh, boy. She was also married to Brian De Palma. I was like, okay, hun. Okay. Yeah, just looking at all these like different... Um, like people that they've been married to, like James Cameron has been married. He he was married to Gayline Hurd, mm-hmm. and then they Catherine got divorced. Bigelow. And then he married Catherine Bigelow, and then when they got divorced, he got married to Linda Hamilton, and then they got divorced. And now he's on his wife. He's been with since two thousand. He's been married five times. He was married to one woman before Gayline Hurd. Uh uh oh. Well, then that throws away what I was just about to say. So never mind. <laughs> what, what, what was the joke you were gonna make? It's gonna be like, oh wow, go figure. The one that sticks is is. Uh, to the the lady that is not you can't name because they're not a, a, a producer director actress yeah you she, know what I'm she, getting at. yeah she was she, I looked her up today or is she in something she's an actor she was in Titanic uh, well never mind then forget everything I said yeah which um anyway I don't know if this is a great transition into this but um <laughs> I just I'm just gonna go ahead and, and say it do y'all know about Martini Ranch. No. No. All right. So this is a this is a weird because Catherine Bigelow has been brought up and Bill Paxton <laughs> at this point. Um, there's a weird period in time in which Catherine Bigelow was making Near Dark and James Cameron was making Aliens. Both movies had the same cast. So Lance Henderson, Jeanette Goldstein, Bill Paxton are both in they're in both movies. James Cameron is a producer in Near Dark, and then um but Bill Paxton had a band called Martini Ranch in which it is like is heavily inspired by Devo, but it's him and Andrew Todd Rosenthal. And they have a song that every time I watch aliens or just think about Bill Paxton in general, I get this song stuck in my head for weeks. So I decided to do the same thing to you guys. And the music video for this you're going to listen to this bit and we're going to just talk about it a little bit. So, um, I'm introducing music into the podcast for the first time <laughs> since Ghostbusters. All right. Is everybody ready for this? I don't know if you can hear this or not. I'm ready on the edge of my seat. Note these whistles. Train near Santa Fe for money and for riches. It ended on a chain gang in them dirty striped britches. When the shadow of the night came on, 
I'm just going to have it slow, quietly playing in the background. So this is uh, <laughs> this is the song Reach by Martini Ranch, which you can hear Bill Paxton yelling, Reach! And so it's, it's yeah, it's Andrew Todd Rosenthal singing, and then Bill Paxton just saying shit randomly on the soundtrack. Just this the hype man, you know, as he should be. Yeah, he is the flavor, the flavor flav, yeah, of the yeah. Uh, of Martini Ranch. <laughs> uh, where's the, uh, uh, the uh, no credit for the Fred Schneider uh, feature? Because that's that's who that sounded like to me. I thought we had Fred Schneider on the track. No, but the whistling. All right, I'm gonna give you five guesses. You won't you won't get it right. Who do you think was whistling on this song? Harrison Ford. All right, that was Whip Cracks. No. All right, it's uh, it's Judge Reinhold. I was gonna say Judge Reinhold. <laughs> so the music video features Lance Hendrickson, Jeanette Goldstein, Catherine Bigelow. Bill Paxton, of course. Judge Reinhold. Oh, did they? They yeah. film it while they were. Yeah, doing I'm your playing the music video right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the music video was directed by James Cameron, and this is the special edition that came out after Bill Paxton died. <laughs> so James Cameron had a director's cut of <laughs> Martini Ranch's Reach. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. But uh, yeah, it's like, and Bud Court's also in it for some random reason. Anyway, I'm gonna t- cut that off. It's it's just a weird little like. Like all this shit came out in the same time, and it's just mm-hmm. such a weird chunk of history that I'm just obsessed yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, I would love to host a double feature of Aliens and Near Dark, but have the music video for Ranch for Martini Ranch's middle. Reach playing in the middle. <laughs> I just think that was anyway. Uh, Program I, it. Oh man, I wish. Anyway, have like a little Paxton Palooza. Pax to the max. That's what we're gonna call it. Anyway, uh, thank you for letting me go on that detour. I really enjoyed that. I'm going to listen to that song about eight more times tonight before I go to bed. You know, Nick, I don't like to openly criticize, especially like on the podcast while we're in the (laughs) middle of the podcast, but um, some would say that was a bit of a reach. Oh, God. Only you love to hear it. I love the ensemble in this movie. Excellent, excellent ensemble. I think they do a really, I think, because they don't, um, you don't, I think you don't get as much time to get to know everybody as you do in the first movie. So I think they do a really good job of like making all of the characters really easy to like spot and like, you know, you get a really good feel for who they are and like the small scenes that they are in. And, and you get a really good sense through such an economy of words and actions of of the 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 different relationships mm-hmm. they exactly, all have to each yeah. other as yeah. well. Like Gorman being an inexperienced, love mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. Like how they yeah. do all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, it it's so well because it takes them. It takes an hour and thirteen minutes. I checked before a xenomorph shows up. Hmm. And that's like, and the, before that, this is the director's cut, by the way. And before that, it's just all getting to know these characters. Yeah. Because a horror movie works if you get mm-hmm. to know the characters beforehand. And you can exactly. invest in the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love the relationship between, like, Vasquez and Drake 
that's really fun mm-hmm. um and like even like the the soldiers that like die really early on you like get like taste of what they're like and their relationships to other people on the team yeah that's actually really fun i actually paid attention to like diedrich and wodarski and all these wasberski i think it's his name is like all these other people that like you don't really get to know them that well because they're fucking out of there yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like people like Rico Ross as Frost, which I think is hilarious that he uses a flamethrower and then gets killed by a flamethrower. Name's Ross, <laughs> name's Frost. And then Apone, who was like the early army of the movie because he was an mm-hmm. actual like Marine during Vietnam. He's so funny. Oh yeah. I love to my <laughs> eye. <laughs> <laughs> or what what's when uh when um Ripley picks up that like fright or whatever, and she's like, "Where do you want it?" And he's like, uh, "Bay seventeen, please, or whatever he says." It's, uh, it's really funny. It's, ba- it's Bay twelve. Ba- bay twelve. <laughs> bay twelve. There went my headphones. Uh-oh. Wow. Uh oh. got so excited about the specific bay that I Ripley's did. supposed to put the cargo in. <laughs> 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 yeah, these um, it's just like they just fucking like. They they basically just reset after the whole alien, and like you get like the opening of aliens basically mm-hmm. on the Sulaco, and then we're slowly introduced to them, and it's just I don't know, it's, yeah, he, they 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 just do such a better job of introducing the people than Alien did, in my right, opinion. Right, right, yeah, right. Um, what's a fun thing they do? Oh yeah, so when they have those hypersleep pods, that shot. I fucking love it every time. I got to point at it like it's like Leonardo DiCaprio um, picture. But there's a shot of all the all the sleep pods, and they didn't have enough money to have twelve of them, so they just fucking put a mirror up, and then boom, doubled them. <laughs> I, I man, I gotta. Oh God, this is such a good fucking. It movie looks to so look good. <laughs> yeah. Between between shit like that, which I fucking love, uh, the 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 matte paintings that you could see, like just oh, mwah, 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 so good. <laughs> the miniatures, uh, the, the miniatures minis. are so good. Yeah. Oh, the minis, and then just all the costumes. I got I got I got Queenie behind me here. <laughs> And uh, it's just, like, you get so many, like, good looks at it, too. Yeah. Like, you get to see that sucker in full light. It's gorgeous. That that big ol' honking sack? Come on! They made that sack! New shirt. New, big ol' honking sack. <laughs> in the Aliens font. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. It's... it's I can't even. <laughs> Nick, don't cry. I love this it's movie okay. so okay. fucking much. It's insane. <laughs> it's like just everything just looks so like just like in the first movie. It just looks everything looks so fucking lived in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a shot that sticks out to me so much in the movies when they're searching Hadley's Hope trying to find survivors, and there's like a, just a random office, and there's like water leaking from the ceiling there's just a soggy ass donut just sitting on the desk (laughs) it doesn't look like set deck yeah you know yeah fuck but um before we get to that i gotta talk about this real quick um the knife scene which is a thing i I tried to reference that was gonna come out of your mouth if you go back and listen to any podcast i guessed on i reference the knife scene i have it's like it's a game (laughs) i I game i play in which i have to like steer it towards (laughs) the knife scene because it's fucking dope like god 
Bill Paxton. Lance Henriksen actually did it. Yeah. And they like, of course, they spent like did the yeah. speed. They sped ramp. up the film, yeah. But yeah. Bill Paxton, but just, Lance Henriksen actually taught himself how to do it for the movie. Uh, and then, and Bill Paxton's uh, like <laughs> gradual scream. Uh. <laughs> that performance is camp. That performance is camp when he's screaming during that part. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> People have a hard time to, to really differentiating what camp is. That's camp. Yeah. Um. I, <laughs> How how many how many kids do you think went to the goddamn hospital because of that? Oh scene? God! I I know we tried to do it so much. We did well. We did with pencils, of course, in school. But like, I would just fucking like let's do let's do the knife scene from like that game is called like five finger fillet and like Red Dead the Red Dead game. Yeah. But I yeah. always refer to it as the knife scene from Aliens. Let's just do the knife <laughs> thing from Aliens. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, let's play the gun game from uh, Reindeer or uh, uh, fucking Reindeer oh, Games. Yeah, with, with Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck was that? Uh, Deer Hunter. Oh, Russian roulette. In Deer that? Hunter. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Peyton. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> Rich, it was actually the Riddler. Riddler Games. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Oh man. Oh yeah, the whole and that's the realization. That's such a good reveal that Bishop's is an artificial person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, a little milk bleed on his finger. Yeah, which yeah. Mm-hmm. we will say Bishop is not full of cum. He is full of milk and yogurt. <laughs> that combo. <laughs> uh. That's why he doesn't malfunction because they changed the solution from cum. Yeah. To to milk and yogurt, and they're like, yeah. When they have when the robots have a sex drive, it actually makes them go crazy. Yeah, so we'll yeah. just we'll just not give this one a sex drive. And they were time. able to. The, the cool thing is the very <laughs> here's. I mean, say what you will about you fucking wailing you, Donnie, but uh, uh, the, very economical doing. because they they were able to use the same machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Gross. <laughs> Well, you know, Waylon Yutani invented the automatic milk machine that don't stop until it's milked 20 gallons. They invented that. (laughs) And they just switched it over to milk instead of... Anyway. Lance Henriksen was such a good choice for this character because he seems seems like he's going to be evil, for sure. Like, he's evil in almost every... I feel like he's evil in everything else he's in. He's got resting evil face. Yeah. So it was... it was a good choice to like make him the character that you're like, oh, he's gonna be bad. Have y'all seen? Yeah, have y'all not. seen motherfucking Pumpkinhead? Oh yeah, he's in that. I haven't seen it, but it's on he's the like yeah, he's. I haven't, I haven't seen that. In he's like days. a he's like a wholesome dad at the beginning of that movie, and then his son gets killed, so he summons Pumpkinhead to like kill these teenagers, <laughs> and he's like, fuck yeah, I'm, he's like, he he goes from like being like a wholesome dad to like a psycho killer, and then and then he realizes. <laughs> Kiss, kiss, say, and then he realizes what he did, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go back to being wholesome dad again, and like save these children. I summoned this demon after." And anyway, he said, "Oops." So, so basically, pump, Pumpkinhead is there's just Pumpkinhead, right? Yes. Uh, uh, so basically, it does a full uh, Breaking Bad arc, and then Benjamin Buttons the Breaking Bad arc, uh just in one movie that yeah. sounds great yeah so that's that's wonderful and there's like for some reason they're in they're in california but um they filmed it in california but for some reason there's a bayou which i don't think there's a bayou in california i've never checked the geography of california i don't think i've ever seen a bayou there 
<laughs> oh, it's so funny. Because you got to go to the bayou to summon Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And they say That's holler. Like a, they say holler okay. at one point, which is those are only in Kentucky, I think. So I, I don't know the geography of Pumpkinhead, but it's a fucking dope movie. Um, What's the who's the what's the name of the person who wrote The Outsiders? S.E. Hinton. Yes, I think. Yeah, they wrote um, uh, she wrote this vampire book that took place in Delaware for some reason. And I I'm from Delaware. And a lot of people ragged on her because in the book, she she like kept talking about like how the town had like these mountains or something. And like, there's no like. Delaware is completely flat. Yeah. Like there's no mount. There's not even hills in Delaware. <laughs> I just picturing Essie like, hitting. I'm picturing her writing this, going like they were in New England. Ma- I can't do Maine. That's that's King Country. Yeah, <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> yeah, and then just being like, who's gonna fucking call me on it? Yeah. <laughs> People from Delaware. How can you believe how, they're from? How Delaware? many people live there? Probably yeah. five. <laughs> It's like, just think about that Wayne's World bit. He's like, oh, we're in Delaware. Uh, I have driven through Delaware exactly, one, well, twice. On my way to and from Ocean City, Maryland. Ooh. And here's what I remember about Delaware. Peyton, let me know if it's, if it's accurate. A lot of corn. Yeah, yeah. Farmland, for sure. Okay. God, God I'm, I don't sound like a fucking asshole. More than once on this fucking episode. <laughs> Listen, that's that's what this podcast is. Me, me and you sound like assholes and Peyton being a, a perfect prince. Uh. <laughs> Bringing fucking thoughtful and, 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 and salient thoughts. I'm over here I'm like, silly. oh, the robot's full of cum. And Peyton's like, you know, motherhood. It's, uh- <laughs> Listen to this song. Oh, man, I'm ripped. I can't remember jack shit because I smoke too much now. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, um, J- uh, Jim Cameron. I was gonna I thought you were going to say Jizz Cameron. Um, Jizz Cameron. <laughs> apparently, Jim Cameron said that he based this, uh, this story off of like another idea that he had, like apparently that was that was supposed to be a film called Mother, and he yeah. was like, and he was like, oh, I'll just um, I'll just make it an alien sequel. Would you make it uh, mother with an exclamation mark, or was it with yeah? Just a yeah, I wish it was that. <laughs> uh, yeah, lowercase m exclamation point, and then Darren Aronofsky said, "Wait a minute! If I take Hold the alien, out, if I take the aliens out of this, <laughs> <laughs> it was the exact same plot, but there was aliens." <laughs> Which I've never seen Mother, so don't spoil it. Uh, oh God, same. What was I going to say? Which yeah, that was that was that was back when Cameron worked for uh, Roger Corman. I was going to say Harvey Corman, and then I just, and I just, for an instance, thought about James Cameron on the Carol Burnett show, cracking up because of um, Tim Conway. Anyway, you th- I mean, who can't? It's it's Tim Conway. Yeah, you fucking can. <laughs> He's so fucking good. Anyway, let's do a let's do a Tim Conway podcast. <laughs> Dorf on pods. <gasps> Dorf on pods. Two minutes later. So. Tangent, tangent, tangent. Getting back to aliens. Reach. We're reaching back to aliens. James Cameron. There's so much stuff that's like, oh, that could have been a Roger Corman movie. Thank God it wasn't. So, like, (laughs) Mother's definitely one of those. Yeah. (laughs) That's too funny. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, because there's some, like, I don't know. 
I Roger, oh, let's just do do a real quick uh, shout out to Roger Corman for getting so many people started in the biz. We got Joe Dante, James Cameron, Jonathan Demme, uh, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> that Roger Corman coaching tree is uh, is something else. I'll tell you what, yeah. New World Pictures gave us some great movies. Of course, we got Heather's. That was one of them. I'm trying to think what else New World Pictures put out. Chopping Mall. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Was New World Pictures started by? I think it might have been started by him. You know what freaks me out whenever I like learn that a movie was produced by this person because yeah, Roger Corman and Gene Corman. Sorry, is fucking Mel Brooks. Whenever Mel Brooks, I like learn that he like oh yeah, he produced the Elephant Man. Like fucking what? The Fly. Yeah. The Fly. Yeah. Like all this like crazy. Crazy shit. Then he just wouldn't put his name on because it would. He didn't want to have it to have a connotation or anything around it. Which is like, God damn, the you, only, are the, the, you are the that that dude. Yeah, love it. The only indi- uh, indication that it was a Mel Brooks movie was that the production company is called Brooks Film. Right, but that's innocuous as fuck. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna do a David Lynch podcast in which we talk about. Oh man, I, I would fucking do it in a heartbeat. The the only <laughs> my. The extent of my David Lynch interaction goes as uh, every Friday morning, I like to wake our dog Angus up uh, by impersonating David Lynch, giving you uh, the date and telling you that it's Friday once again. My David Lynch impression, I do this with Regina all the time. It like has morphed into David Lynch describe, describing dreams. So whenever, if you ever describe your dream to somebody... A lot of the times people think it's boring. I never think it's boring. I love hearing people's <laughs> dreams. But if you want to amplify it, do a David Lynch impression. And it's just like you close your eyes real tight <laughs> and just move your hands. We were walking through the woods <laughs> and there was sunshine. And it's just do it that way. And then that's that's how you because that's like whenever they're composing Laura Palmer's theme, he's like. She's walking through the woods. <laughs> and it's just and there's like one part of which he's talking about explaining like how they came up with the theme another theme from Twin Peaks. And he was like, My hands were on the hood of the car and it was just very hot. And I said, Angelo, get the keyboard. And like <laughs> anyway. I fucking love David Lynch. <laughs> he's great. I love Angelo. <laughs> New World Pictures did rock and roll high school. I love that movie. Oh yeah, great movie. Got a uh, humanoids PJ from the deep. Yep, PJ Souls. Uh, you know, PJ Souls was also in was Halloween, and this also that was the first season of this podcast. Which now the current season is Alien. Oh my God, so I like, forgot my math book, my chemistry book, my geography <laughs> book. <laughs> um. So back to the marine scene. I just love the the interaction when they're like, "What is this?" It's like, "Oh, it's supposed to be cornbread." And they're like eating it, and then they're complaining <laughs> about the cornbread. And then, I lo- yeah, and I then lo- Bishop Ripley. offers some cornbread to Bishop, and then Frost is like, "Guess you don't like the cornbread either." <laughs> yeah, I love that part. <laughs> That's good. Um, let's see, Xenomorph. This is the first time they've said Xenomorph in the mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. And then we got. Vasquez and Drake using the dope ass titty cam guns, which James Cameron has a copyright on that patent. So oh, if the wow. military ever wants to use those, they got to fucking come to Jim to Big Jim Cameron. <laughs> uh, 
the other stuff I got written down are just Hudson lines. Express from elevator to hell, going down. I am the ultimate badass. State of the badass art. Dude, do not want to fuck with me. <laughs> and this is all of the drop ship he's saying. He's just fucking just spouting off all these good ass lines. Let's see. Motion trackers. Oh, yeah. Hudson spitting down the. Okay. I had this thought. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I love, because uh, every time they're like opening doors or getting computer stuff, it's Hudson that's doing it. So Hudson is the Colonial Marines, like, IT guy, <laughs> which, like, I never thought about until this viewing. Like, it's Hudson doing all the computer shit, and I love that. Anyway, go ahead. I was thinking about in this viewing when they did them, when they used the motion trackers, I was like, oh, that's funny that they have them, because that was, in the first movie, they said that was, like, a creation of... uh. What's the name of the android in the first one? Ash. 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 Yeah, Ash made that thing, right? In the first movie? Maybe, or like he modified something. He, Maybe I think he, he modified, modified it, it just yeah. to, to just to detect the... To track the thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Which that... Never mind then. Yeah, you think about like so much shit from this movie that influenced other stuff. And it's funny going back and listening, like watching that James Cameron GQ thing. I learned a lot from that, just that 30-minute video. <laughs> But he talks about like the power loader and all that stuff was inspired by like other works of like like novels, like sci-fi novels. Oh, and okay. then this movie influenced so many fucking video games like Halo. Yeah. And then the motion tracker, I know for a fact used one of those fucking things in like Call of Duty back in the day. And um The fun thing about the the um the power lifter is that it's like a big guy is in the back of it. So big Jim Cameron, we got a big guy in the back. Big yeah. Jim, he's six foot. It's two. like a big, it's like a big um, weightlifter guy, and he's the one that's like <laughs> moving it and moving the arms. Yeah, and the it's, legs. it's it's all like practical. So it's like strings yeah. and like a dude moving yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Did I ever? So, the, so there's like a guy behind uh, Sigourney Weaver the whole time moving it, which is f- kind of fun. I think I've told Rip this story. This is my power loader story. So at the flea market one time, I was. Uh, Looking, I kept looking for the Stevie Dan album Asia. All the, I was looking for it. Fucking, I was just trying to find it by this vinyl. Finally got it. I can pull it out and show it to you right now if I wanted to, but I won't. But I only had enough money to buy that. And then I came across a power loader action figure from Aliens 1986 <sighs> Very in cool. the box for like the same price as this vinyl. And I was like, this has probably been here for forever. It's not a hot item. I don't think anybody's going to want to get this. I'll come back for it. And so, mm-hmm. came back two weeks later after I got paid. And the whole, not, not, not just the toy was gone. The whole fucking booth was gone. Oh, gosh. And I regret it to this day. Yeah, that is sad. But I do like the vinyl, so I guess it kind of, yeah. anyway. Yeah, the power is cool as shit. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy that, uh, Vasquez was played by like a, a white lady, (laughs) man. I saw that in the credits for the first time and I I had to do a double take. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Ah, man. (laughs) Uh, Jeanette Goldstein, very versatile actress. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And in the, in the, um, in the like original, I think maybe I'm making this up, but 
I felt like when I was watching, like, the in the original interviews, she, like, kind of talks with Vasquez's voice, but then, like, in later interviews when she talks about Alien, she just talks in her regular voice, and I was like, oh, okay, that's funny. I think she was just in character, probably. <laughs> yeah, she was just in character. They just called her, like, in character, and they were like, can you uh, interview for a minute? And she's like, yeah, but I gotta keep this voice going on, yeah. or I'll lose it. But yeah, she- <laughs> but yeah, she's Vasquez and Aliens, and then she's, um... Jeanette, she's the mom. She's Jeanette Voigt in Terminator Two, and then she's uh, then she's credited as Irish Mummy in uh, Titanic. Mummy, and when she's it's like her and her two kids like sink on the ship. Yeah, and she's like, "Be quiet, please go to sleep, babies." <laughs> she's got range. That's so funny. They keep using her real name in in movies because in this she's listed as Jeanette Vas- Vasquez. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, at least on the on the letterbox page, everybody's listed by their own first name except for uh, Michael Bean, who's Dwayne Hicks. Uh, which you only get his first name in the in the special edition cut. Yeah. Well, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at IMDb, and they're all like private or like it's Lieutenant Gorman, Private Vasquez, Private Drake, Pri- uh, Sergeant Apone. Yeah. On the on the letterbox, it's like. It's like Private William Hudson, Private Jeanette Vasquez. That's maybe they private just Mark Drake. I need to go back and look at the uh, the official, yeah, the credits. Look at like no, like the screen where it has like it says oh, like right. Drake W. Mm-hmm. Which right. Drake Drake was played by uh, I forget his name. He plays a uh, funny thing about Drake is that he plays Norman Osborn in the Spider Man game for PlayStation. Who do do you who was the actor who was supposed to play Hicks before Michael James Remar? He filmed for like, oh, okay. He filmed for like a week. Okay, I was gonna. I was. I was like, what if his first name was Dwayne? But it's not, so that doesn't track. Yeah, he. Um, I love Michael Bean in this though. He's such a dreamboat. Yeah, he's so good. And like you, like I could not imagine James Remar in this role compared to yeah. Michael Bean because like Mike, I don't. I, James Remar has ever come off to me as like loving if that makes sense right right like i mean just look at him at too fast too furious total asshole in that movie which is funny because they um when michael bean uh joined the cast he said he got the costume from um the previous actor Mm -hmm. and they had already like modified like the actors had already modified the costumes and everything and he said the one thing i didn't like was that he had this big red heart on the on the thing and he was like he was like but i don't know maybe the guy before me was a better actor i think that does fit for hicks's personality (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was thinking like you know instead of having it on his sleeve he has it on his chest or something you know what i mean something like that but well, he did say he was like, "Why would he have a big, bright red heart over his chest so they would know exactly where to shoot him?" <laughs> oh, man, I I got so mad with um like they had Michael Beans in an episode of The Mandalorian, and I was like, "Why the fuck is he not playing like a big character in the Star Wars universe? You just got him guest starring in one fucking episode." Yeah, does he is he like acting consistently now, or mm-hmm. is he just oh interesting? Yeah, I recommend um. Which is out on PS4 and PS5 now, but uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, he plays Rex Power Colt, and it's just Michael <laughs> Bean, like, uh, there's so many like, references to Aliens and Terminator and that, So which he, he was in both. Uh, anyway, yeah. Cannot imagine James Remar as Hicks, especially during Hicks's, like, 
quote unquote tender moments with Ripley when he's like, yeah, you know, like flirting with her by saying, yeah, we'll nuke it from orbit. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love the knowing like looks glances that they give each other are really good. I think I I really like how this movie handles the um their relationship because it's like they it's very respectful and it's not like overt and it's just like a natural chemistry between them and it's not it doesn't feel forced in a way mm-hmm. that romance can feel in some other action movies. Yeah. Looking at my notes. Newt. Found Newt. You know whose name we haven't said yet? All night? Who? The character's name I believe we've said. But Paul motherfucking Riser. Amazing performance. Amazing. Amazing. You just want to kill him the whole time. What a slime ball. (laughs) Did I ever... My mom... I don't. She. I think she watched Mad About You and then stopped because of this movie. That's how much she hated Paul Reiser. <laughs> but then you eventually watched she the watched re- Twister. Reboot? Yes, I have watched Reboot. He's, He's so, so good, good on there. That that whole writers' room on that show. It's so is, fun. Yeah. Is the highlight to me. Yeah, Anytime we absolutely. cut to a scene there. I know I'm gonna like guffaw laughing. We Nick, we saw them uh, have the reboot. Uh, billboard right around the corner from our Airbnb in LA. Yeah, and then Rip told me all about Reboot, and I still haven't watched it, even though it's got Paul Reiser and Judy Greer. And Judy Greer and uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key, Rachel Bloom. Knoxville. Rachel Rachel Bloom's so good. I forgot Knoxville was in it. Um, It's all out, and there's not that many episodes. Yeah, I think it's like eight, and it's like half an hour. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Well, listen, I'm I'm too busy watching alien movies right now. I gotta... (laughs) You want to watch an alien movie? Oh man, I, f- I found this this uh, uh, little nature docu series on Apple Plus called Tiny World, narrated by Paul Rudd. It's great. There you go. It's, good. it's great. I, I, I highly recommend. I love the the riser sons we're we're currently going through right now. Love it. <laughs> I, I, I talked to Rip the, about this on vacation, but like. Um, they, they they announced a new Beverly Hills Cop movie for Netflix called Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. And they're like, oh yeah, Axel Foley's, or Eddie Murphy's coming back. Judge Reinhold's coming back. The guy that played Taggart's coming back. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I saw a set photo with Paul Reiser and I said, here we fucking go. So <laughs> like, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Paul Reiser in Stranger Things. Paul Reiser's oh, yeah, arc yeah. in Stranger Things doesn't happen without this movie. It's true. It's a play on your expectations. Mm-hmm. Like. I think, um, yeah, I, I pretty much think he was he cast is? because of it. He was in the he was in the boys. The boys. Oh my god, he was so fucking good on the boys. God. Damn, we're just we're just dripping with riser action in this in this in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. He is very good. He's very good in this, though. He's just like. Exhibits exhume slime. I just love all the spoiler section trivia for this movie because it's like Paul Reiser's sister hit him during the screening, the premiere of this movie. It's like Paul Reiser's mom wouldn't talk to him after she saw this movie. <laughs> it's like shit like that. It's so funny how polarizing his character was to people who saw it. Like, seriously, like, I'm pretty sure the ratings for Mad About You probably plummeted when this movie fucking came out. <laughs> How, what year do you think Mad, Mad About You came on the air? <laughs> Let's look this up. Let's look up old Mad About You. Because I'm pretty 
I feel like Mad About You came sure. after this, right? I or feel like it came like maybe ten years after this. Was Mad About You Paul Reiser's uh, uh, trying to? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Mad About You came out six years later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, like 91? It was 92. He was trying to 92? rehab his image. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what it was. It was yeah. Paul Reiser trying to, like, he's like, I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just a stand-up comic. I swear. <laughs> I'm not a piece of shit. I used to be. Yeah, I used to be a piece of shit. But. Could you imagine a Paul Reiser eating sloppy steaks uh, at Trefani's while shooting aliens? I I actually kind of can. I could I could see Paul Reiser, 1980s. They didn't slick their hair back then. They 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 puffed it up. Yeah, puffed up hair, but still at Trafani's. You can still order a glass of water and a steak. Um, uh, yeah, this goes off of his look in this movie, but his fucking suits. Why don't we have these David Bowie ask futuristic? Those are suits? all the suits at the at the board meeting. They yeah. all got the, the like the fucking like, like those suit collars are just so dope. I feel like I well, we see... still haven't we still haven't gotten to the timeline where it would be aliens yet. So maybe yeah, we're not there we've got yet. To look forward to. Oh, I gotta wait, is... I gotta wait till twenty one seventy nine, boy. <laughs> I better that find is... a hypersleep <laughs> pod. Oh. Yeah, you better. Um... <laughs> That is, though, I feel like the collar that I see in, like, any, like, just just distant future setting is like, uh, oh, yeah, they don't, f- collars? They don't fold anymore. There's too much fabric. We made these collars. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna like the way you look, I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, those fucking suits are dope as shit. Maybe if I, like, next, if I get a tailored suit soon, I'll, uh, I'll get the David Bowie slash Paul Reiser from Aliens. I don't know why I keep thinking of David Bowie. I feel like that's some shit he would like. If David Bowie had worn something yeah. like that in the 80s, it would be fucking popular today. You, I'm telling you. You yeah. saw Peyton and I did not flinch when you called it a Davy, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, we understood. We knew yeah. where you were going. Uh, uh, I, I do like to imagine, though, Paul Reiser uh, running late at set for a, a for a stand-up gig at like Laugh Factory or whatever. No, this was in London, so some fucking pub. Uh, it was at the Bubble and Squeak, and and not having time to change. Mm-hmm. But he's still a stand-up comic in the '80s, so he still just has the same suit, but he still rolls the sleeves up. <laughs> God, that's a look. That's that's like fucking. That's what. That's that. You're what you're describing is Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. That's what you're describing right yeah. now. <laughs> yep, that is exactly. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've watched maybe like six episodes of that show, and you could tell me that he does end up a stand-up comedian, and I'll I'll buy it. Uh, which one, the Netflix one or the the original anime? The original. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, something I love about this movie is um taking away like giving like. Hudson's listing off all this fucking firepower they have, and then they send them to a location where they can't use any of it, or else they'll set off a nuclear explosion. Yeah, (laughs) I, I, and nobody thought about that. Nobody, like Ripley brings it up, and they're like, "Oh shit, yeah, cool, damn." You don't know you mentioned it, so I. Consider that as much as as and as endearing as like a lot of the crew is, uh, this is definitely the read to me of that we also get in Avatar of like the 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 dumbass like hardware laden military industrial com- complex 
that's going to get absolutely fucking owned by the, by some natural entity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you get to see the seeds of that uh, in this. But yeah, that that like anytime they went like super muscle head on on all the all the artillery and stuff is just like yeah this this part does kind of suck yeah <laughs> like and and oh it's kind of pointless like they're able to stave them off with the guns and the flamethrowers and stuff but like you know if you don't know what you're up against if you don't use your actual noggin this is just right. nothing this is nothing like what are you supposed to use harsh language <laughs> did anybody try talking <laughs> <funny>. to them <laughs> Which, oh god, I gotta... Let's talk about the xenomorphs. Yeah. The original xenomorph... You talk about the hoods? Uh, these xenomorphs are ribbed for her pleasure. That's all. That's the only way I can describe them. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe them. I like, I like my sunglasses one. I like my smooth aliens. All right, incognito mode. Because <laughs> I know... There's no way to Google that. <laughs> Alien xenomorph ribbed for her pleasure. I'm yeah. sure you would get something. something. Uh, but like, I don't like. I didn't like that that aspect of it. I don't really care for. I like the design of the queen alien. Her and her fucking weird ass limp wrist when she's in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Like when the elevator doors open, the the queen's alien is just like loose, and then yeah. um, I, which is another reason why I just kind of like love that you can see it. Like, yeah, we'll just show you the the the, the bouncy joints. Here I am. Okay. Yeah, you killed my kids. I'm gonna said- kill you. Someone said that the puppet didn't fit on the elevator, so they could only use like the front half of it. That's I think. so funny. The, <laughs> they couldn't use a sack. The, the look that the queen gives when she notices the elevator open is like akin to a look that would happen in True Lies. Like I'm pretty sure, like when the the terrorist gets hit with the missile, he makes a very similar like shot, like huh. Like, yeah, the Tim Allen look, basically. Oh yeah, well you know you really couldn't or understand Tim Taylor look. You really couldn't understand the Queen, but she was saying "uh" whenever the <laughs> elevator opened. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> and as soon as Ripley opened up that hatch, she was like, "Oh no, oh no." <laughs> Uh, still one of my favorite comedic bits I've ever been a part of is that episode yeah. of Let's Sleep and Dogs Lie when we were doing the text convo with Tim Allen finding out he's getting sued or something. I forget what it was. Anyway, yeah. it was very funny. Uh, what was I going to say? The Xenomorph yell, I don't like. It's like a like an augmented baboon. It's like a... Mm-hmm. I, right. like, I like my little hissing Xenomorph from the yeah. original movie. What I'm saying is, I like if we just had a bunch of those... It would have been a lot scarier. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that you are not scared of augmented baboons. I mean, I've seen the Apes movies, Planet of the Apes movies, so I know mm-hmm. what can fucking happen. You're so, telling me if there was an augmented baboon the PSA in the of right the behind you, of the right Apes. there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, what um, if, if there's an augmented baboon in this room? Yeah, you tell me you wouldn't be scared. Yeah, I would be scared. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know that they argue on other podcasts, and I felt like I might bring that to the table, but it's not us. We're trying to, a lot of new, cool new shit in this episode. We're trying to <laughs> we're, do a cool opening. We're trying to argue. It's like um, jazz. Yeah. It's like podcast jazz. It's making it up. Uh, the um, I will say, though, like the 
way that like the designs look when they're like one like unfurling and un and un unveiling themselves. Ooh. Like when they did that in mass, that was dope as shit. Mm-hmm. And whenever yeah. like just yeah, like whenever you see an alien like un uncurl. It's it's also like visually satisfying for yeah. some reason. It's like ASMR for my eyes. Um and there's also uh oh god, when they're fucking crawling. Mm-hmm. When they're crawling, that that now that fucks me up. The image of them crawling through the, the air vents all in like mass is uh, is like an iconic image, I think. Yeah, here's yeah, a here's out to them the base. like holding on to the ceiling, yeah. We'll have a good time. Is that the little mouth that's saying that? Yes, the little (laughs) mouth making the John McLean voice. (laughs) Come on out to the base. We'll have a nice time. Uh, I do. Yeah, I love the movements of all these xenomorphs. I just don't like the look of them. Like the fucking Ripley, or was it Hicks? Like going going out looking up through the little ceiling ceiling tile. And then he sees a Riddler trophy real quick. He says, I'll get that later. And then. He sees all the fucking, yeah, sees all the xenomorphs coming at him. Ooh. Yeah. I remember as a kid, we spooky, were like, me and my spooky, brother were like, spooky. what the f-? Like, we freaked the fuck out. I, it's, mm, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's this such is a, what, that bit of like, they're in here, we can see it on the monitor, like, that never gets old. The like, ugh. it says they're right here. Like, where are they? We can't see them. That's, that's a good bit. I love this movie. This is the perfect, uh, Kid in third grade saw this movie and then has 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 to rush to school. He's excited to go to school to like talk about this movie with that's like anyway. Um It's crazy to me that this movie's rated R and I guess like that's about like the time it came out and everything, but like it's crazy that like an R movie was like a blockbuster and like it seems like such a movie that like I would have enjoyed as a kid, but that I wouldn't have been able to see. Yeah. I guess do they say the f word a lot, or is they it say because they violence? Say fuck a lot. They okay. do. Um, I rem- I don't remember how much they say fuck, but I know Bill Paxton says man thirty five times. <laughs> <laughs> Game over, man. <laughs> um, I love this exchange. So after they get their asses kicked, uh, and they're like driving away in the a- the APC. They're like trying to figure out the plan of what they're doing, which this whole scene of them trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do in the APC is. It's very good. Yeah. It's such good. Like it's dialogue heavy, but it's still fucking great. And like Ripley's like, I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Hudson fucking a. He's <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a minute. This is the whole time. Had- he's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But then like <laughs> Burke, of course, is like, this installation has a substantial dollar value attached to it. <laughs> and then Ripley, iconic line. They can bill me. Yeah, yeah they, they can bill me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so, that's exactly how I would be, too. Like, I'm already living in a pod with a yeah. cat lifting your fucking boxes. Yeah. What else do I have to lose? Why did I agree to come on this trip? <laughs> uh, so I love how this is happening. Meanwhile, Bishop's just in the fucking lab looking at goddamn microscopes and like all this other shit. Oh, man. Yeah, they say there's like 157 colonists. That means there's over 100 xenomorphs, which is fucking... Those numbers are fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Um, the- um, oh, oh, again, also to, to point out the similarities between this and fucking Avatar. Yeah. The whole, the whole colonization tip, you mm-hmm. know? 
and and how that's a bad thing. I, my notes, I kept writing colonizers because I couldn't think of the actual name, and I was like, oh yeah, they're colonists. Like that's what they're, they're yeah. called, but like they're colonizers. <laughs> I thought of them as colonizers too. But um, they called yeah, them something in the movie. I can't remember. They they call them colonists in the movie. Yeah. Oh okay. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to breathe through my notes here. Yeah, they set up shop and then put up the sentries. And the, then they, uh, the me- the medical bay scene also. Yeah. Well, pretty, that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm coming up yeah, to. That's what you're getting to. Uh, so we find out that Bert- well, they lose their way home, right? Because the the other troops crash the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the ship. so yeah, they 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 because the they alien radi- got they, in and got them. Yeah, they radio uh, Pharaoh and Spunkmeyer to like bring the drop ship, and then like the xenomorphs in there and crashes. And then game over, man, game over. That whole thing happens. <laughs> and then turns out there was still a lot of game left. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then we find out that the Burke sent the colonists out to check out the space jockey ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he then, knew yeah, he knew that the Yeah, he knew. So and then we have and then Bishop's like, Well, here's some other shit, and then there's like a vent that keeps going <laughs> off. And then they have four hours until the atmosphere reactor explodes, and it's equivalent to four megaton nuclear explosions. And so they hatch the plan uh, to go get the drop ship. And then I love that whole thing. They're like, who's going to do it? And then bitch the whole time is like, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. And they're just yeah. arguing. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> and then I'm, Hudson's I'm the like, only, yeah, I'm send him. Anyway. He's not human. Yeah. <laughs> I may be synthetic, but I'm not stupid. That's I'm not his, stupid, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I prefer artificial human. Yeah. I love his breakdown of everything. They're like, because they have four hours, and he's like, well, it'll take me 40 minutes to reach the remote computer, 60 minutes to patch into the Sulaco, 30 minutes to prep the dropship, and then it's 50 minutes flight time. That's three hours, <laughs> to which Ripley says, kind of kind of close. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is the tiniest little pipe they force poor Lance Henriksen in. Oh yeah. Apparently there is a scene in which they shot it, but it's not in like I don't know if it's in the deleted scenes or whatever, but an alien like attacks him while he's in there. He's in one of the vents and they were like No eh. way the alien would fit in there. Well like I I don't know if he like goes by like a great Maybe or whatever. a bigger vent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like he finds a Riddler trophy yeah. and then pockets it. <laughs> aliens are like rats and they can fit into spaces like you know, like all like of their a, little pieces yeah, retract like and then they yeah. they roll like Sonic the Hedgehog they the do. Thing. <laughs> that's why their heads are shaped that way <laughs> I mean you saw how you saw how loose how droopy the damn queen is at the end they, that's that's just <laughs> them turning the rubber yeah that's how she got that damn elevator <laughs> but yeah the scene uh, the face huggers <laughs> in with Newton Ripley is yeah. like iconic ugh yeah, so good. I just love how it's like uh, the way that the face huggers move and everything, and like run. It's, is, it's so yeah. fucking creepy. It's so. I wonder, fucking... did this come? Did this come before or after the thing? Probably after, right? Yes. Yeah. Thing was eighty two. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna ask if this came before or after Adam's family with thing. Oh, because uh, that's also <laughs> what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how they shot it because, like, um, a lot of it's reverse. So like yeah, they like pulled the they pulled the face hugger back and like they just reversed the footage so it looks like it's flying. So forward. it looks like it jumps. Yeah, I recommend. They it. did that for the first movie too. Mm-hmm. I recommend this if you have two hundred bucks. Why not? It's a year, but get masterclass and just watch all of James Cameron's masterclass stuff. 
because he talks about um, he talks about Terminator, Titanic, Avatar, and Aliens are the four movies that he talks about, and the Alien stuff is fucking dope because he just talks about. He talks about editing a scene, the the scene where they find Newt. He just talks about, he breaks down the editing from that scene. And it's so fucking good. Because there's like a shot that, it's just it's telling stories visually. That's what he uses for mm-hmm. it. And, and like he like cuts frames out to like make it more shocking and stuff like that. It's, it's phenomenal. I recommend dropping 200 bucks on Masterclass just to watch that. <laughs> also, David Lynch is on there. And he, he, he watches this clip from It's a Wonderful Life. And then I... He's like, we're going to watch this clip from It's a Wonderful Life. And then we, we watch the scene, and then it comes back. I'm tearing up, and then it cuts back to David Lynch. He is also tearing up. And oh, I'm like, oh, David. Ah, that's why I love this man. Anyway, <laughs> back to the movie. Um, yeah, this whole face hugger sequence is just so fucking cool to me. And then, like, the Marines coming in. It's just, it's just set up so well because, like, Burke, little. S- like you know he did it because little snake, yeah. Little slimy little little <laughs> little dude. He's dressed he, what uh, what else? <laughs> it just dawned on me that he's the dressed like Pants Mag- on that geek. He's dressed like McGruber this whole movie, which fucking cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> I should go as Burke for Halloween and everybody would just like, Are you McGruber? Like, no, I'm fucking Burke. God damn it. Uh you know Burke. I don't know which which species is worse. You don't see them fucking each other other for a goddamn percentage. <laughs> the um the puppet that they use for the face hugger that's trying to get on Ripley's face is very cool. And like just the acting from everybody on the team of like trying to pry the thing off of her is very good. Yeah. I love that um there's a scene of them them explaining like, yeah, we got yeah, we got four clips. We got 45 rounds each. And then Hudson just goes in there and just shoots like every... He fucking yeah. unloads like three clips <laughs> onto those face huggers. Shit. <laughs> we got him. Don't worry, man. <laughs> What's at this point? Yeah, this is the whole sequence with the aliens in the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Here's a little random fun fact. Speaking of Bill Paxton, he is the only actor to have characters killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. Wow. A little bit of trivia for everybody. Damn. Hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's I don't know if you ever watched Speakeasy with Paul F. Tompkins. It was a YouTube show where he interviewed people. He interviewed oh, Bill yeah. Paxton one episode, which I wish it was still up. Cause they took all the episodes down for some reason, but he like he's like, Let me ask you something. And like he asked Bill Paxton about the fish heads music video. But Bill Paxton was like, oh, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that I got killed by an alien, a predator, and, uh, and Paul Tonkin's like, why Why would I ask you that? No. <laughs> why would I ask you that? <laughs> uh, that's a, God, that was such a good interview. Um, Burke eats it. I wrote that down. Let's see. Finally. Yeah. Fucking. I was, I was talking, yeah, I was talking to Regina about Train to Basan and how, like, the guy, the Burke style character in that movie, like doesn't die until the very end, and then his death is not satisfying at all. Oh I, damn! I haven't watched that yet, but uh, I, it's well, on my list. Spoiler alert: There's a fucking no, piece good. of shit dude, and like <laughs> his death is not satisfying because oh, you think sucks. about like all these um, these piece of shit characters like like Burke, and then like 
Captain Rhodes is from Day of the Dead is another example, which that guy's yeah. got the best death because he just I was gets just, that's straight up ripped me. apart. Uh, oh, I no. love that part. I love Day of the Dead. Oh, Same. so good. God, so good. Uh, are we going to do a, a zombie movie with some alligators in it? We're, we're having a great time. Another movie that opens to the dream <laughs> sequence. Oh, yeah. So what we're saying is we need to do a double feature of Aliens and Day of the Dead. When did Day of the <laughs> Dead come out? I got Paul Reiser's IMDb pulled up, so let me... Uh, <laughs> Day of the Dead. 85, a year before this. Nice. Moving right along through this. Uh, Ripley is kidnapped. Oh, the death with uh, Gorman and Vasquez is so good because Vasquez is like you were all you always were an asshole Gorman yeah. and then they blow up together and like take out the aliens. What an iconic like last lo- last words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I love Vasquez as a character a lot. Yeah, uh, every everybody in this movie is so fucking good. Like yeah. all the they're all great characters. The movie's perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh let's see oh yeah at this point i have written down eta 16 minutes so that's that's bishop he's at the computer saying like eta the oh. drop ship's gonna be in 16 minutes i started counting like writing all the times down at this point because they like they're yelling nice. out times and then newt gets taken and then ripley and hicks yeah meet bishop and then he says yeah 26 minutes until it goes off so that's happened. And then Ripley suits up to go fight. Oh my God. Which I don't know. Anyway, all the suiting up scenes, I'm a, I'm a sucker for them. Let's, let's be incredibly honest with each other. If you're Ripley and you've gone through what you went through in the first movie, which was a lot. Mm hmm. And, you know, it has been 57 years, but it probably hasn't been long enough for you. Now you find yourself back where all this started, and you're fighting hundreds of them, or whatever it is, and this kid that you just met, just met this kid, <laughs> and God damn it, you, tr- you, you did literally everything you could do everything you could do this kid got lost in in the the you know he's been surviving the kid's a survivor you know what probably guys pretty good odds right kids are resilient she loves her though can you can you can you develop a love that deep in like a day she also i mean this is why the 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 special edition is much better than the 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 theatrical theatrical. cut because she obviously and and sigourney weaver has said this of her performance she bases Mm -hmm. her whole performance off of that first scene where you find out that her daughter that she had a daughter and she passed away in the time that she was in hypersleep yes all right that that, yes here that shit tracks here's the thing rip nick talk to me picture this (laughs) you've been at your at you've been your 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 place you've been living at as a child has been ransacked to, to for lack of a better term by a bunch of weird ass creatures that look like mm-hmm. that are just ripped for her pleasure. They're just going through, just ripping <laughs> ripping through you. And you don't even know what that means yet. Yeah, you you're like, what does that mean? That's a I just know that as a reference from Garth says that in Wayne's world. I don't know that. 
They go through killing your family. They kill every fucking person you know. Uh-huh. You spend the last two weeks fighting, hiding, doing all kinds of shit. And then a bunch of meathead assholes come in and just fuck all that up for you. You had a good thing going with your little cubby down in your little... Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then because of them, them assholes come up out of nowhere and fucking take your ass. So you would expect somebody... What I'm saying is Ripley probably felt guilty. She was like, oh, we we kind of fucked her. We kind of blew her spot up. We better. <laughs> her Catholic guilt was kicking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying? Oh, boy. I got I'm sorry. You got, I got to go get this kid. Oh, I, I, was, I was. My thought in my brain goes, I wonder if Ripley's Catholic. And then I realized, oh, yeah, this movie establishes. This is canon. Ripley's from Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm assuming because that's where her daughter lived when she died was Wisconsin, <laughs> oh, and I think God. nobody moves to Wisconsin. People move away from Wisconsin. That's true. <laughs> far, far away. Yeah. So I'm picturing Ripley is just a little. She's just. <laughs> wonder if she has like Dutch ancestry. Does Dutch Dutch a lot of Dutch people up in up in Wisconsin? <laughs> I, have I don't no know idea. about Wisconsin. I'm basing this all. Of, <laughs> I don't know Wisconsin. I'm basing all of this off of Deadwood uh, because a, 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 that was a German family. Yeah, there's like Dutch. Yeah, there's like Dutch. German. Yeah, yeah. I've had like Dutch or maybe <laughs> beer or something from Wisconsin. I don't know. It's fucking Wisconsin. It's, anyway. you probably. I mean, that's where Milwaukee is. So you've probably had some beer from Wisconsin. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm going at with this. <laughs> I'm going to say German. So maybe Ripley's of German ancestry. I don't know. Yeah, probably not Catholic. Yeah, I do not think Catholic. she really cares for Newt, though. <laughs> I, so, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Even though it has been a short time, she's latched onto her very quickly. I mean, and it, she went back for that goddamn all, cat, so of course she's yeah, going to go back. Well, that's, that's, that's the other thing. Girl. It's like, well, yeah. oh, I, I barely got away last time just getting the, just getting the freaking feline. Like, now I got to go get a cat. Like, how many times am I going to get away with this, honestly? Like, at that point, you're, like, running the odds through your head. Like, can I get away with this twice? I don't... Maybe. Maybe. I... Yes. It's sweet. It's what had to happen. It's the story. It's beautiful. (laughs) But this was definitely the first time watching it where I was just like, man, fuck that kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rich said, if that was me... And it, Goodbye. Especially Sayonara. if I knew what was going to happen in the next movie. Oh, <laughs> would waste my time. Uh, well, wait till I think to- that's maybe what I'm salty about. Right, right. Knowing yeah. what's yeah, going to yeah. happen. Yeah. It's, it's super fucked up what they did for the third movie. But you know what's not super fucked up? Some classic Jim Cameron lightning, baby. This whole sequence, <laughs> I was like, this is dope as shit. I love it when some blue, purple lightning shows up in a James Cameron movie. Uh, 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 not to be outdone by the lightning, but... The smoke in this in this section of the movie. They use three types uh, of smoke in this movie, according to IMDb. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I would have loved if I can go back in time and be anything. I'd love to be just a smoke operator on this movie. <laughs> just stand at the side, just hike hiked up somewhere, just You know, I was uh, I was the main smoke guy on aliens. I didn't always sound like this. <laughs> smoke I just met her in a day with a cigarettes. Just blowing it. Onto the set. Man, is that enough smoke for you? <laughs> uh, he'd be British. There's what four t- types of smoke. Now, do you think they got a British smoke guy or they bring in a no. <laughs> American smoke guy? 
<laughs> most of their crew was British, I think. So yeah, the- most of the crew was British. So, well, ugh, God. Which is why Brit- they all hated James Cameron. They were British guys. And the British smoke guys were trying to light their fucking pipes. And, Jim Car- <laughs> and Big Jim's like, this shit's taking too long. It's too, you're slow as shit. Uh, as hold on, I gotta, I gotta plug the phone back in just so I can play that clip. <laughs> God, that fucking clip. You know what's funny about this situation with Jim Cameron is that Ridley Scott had the same thing happen to him on Blade Runner, but it was with an American crew. Oh, oh interesting. So, well, I in the in the like behind the scenes, they were saying like. James Cameron just like had he didn't have a union crew for Terminator so everybody was just like working overtime and would stay over late and everything. Yeah, they and and like they, this was a union crew from England and also in England they like tend to take big breaks and have mm-hmm. a break for tea and lunch break where they all go and drink a beer so it was just very different environment. Yeah, so, they uh good to me. There's yeah, that sounds great. There's famous- I I I support unions. I definitely support that union. <laughs> the uh, there's actually a shot in Terminator now to bring. I just want to bring up a ran- little random trivia, but the shot of the Terminator pulling up and like running over the little toy car and then getting out and like looking around at that like in the front of the one of the Sarah Connor's house. Mm-hmm. That was a crew of four people, and it, it was a shot they stole because they didn't have permits to shoot there. But it was like James wow. Cameron, <laughs> and then. Like our lighting guy, a boom operator, and then Arnold. That was the crew. <laughs> anyway, here's the clip of James Cameron talking about the British crew. Terminator was done on, a, on really quite a shoestring budget, and Gail and I came from that same kind of guerrilla background. I was of that ethos that if my hands weren't filthy by the end of the day, I wasn't directing a movie. You know, because I was helping move the lights, helping move the camera, helping set everything up, move the furniture around. That's just how I thought it was. I mean, the culture shock didn't happen for us on the first film. It happened for us on Aliens when we went to England and they had a whole, you know, it was much more of a kind of suit and tie thing. And the director kind of just sat back and let everybody do their jobs. And I think that the English crew was unsettled to say the least. I think they were insulted because they thought, I believe they didn't know their jobs and I had to help them. You know, which wasn't it at all. It was just a sort of a muck in and get it done kind of mentality. Plus, they were, by the way, slow as shit. So, you know, <laughs> I, I thought maybe I'd speed him up a little bit. Uh, what, a, what a fucking legend. Fuck James him. Cameron, James said, what? nobody what? wants to work these days. Yes. So you need to get up off of your ass and Boomer work. ass. <laughs> I, I love this man. I, yeah, I know he's, <laughs> he is the film version of you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> Fuck you, Big Jim. I love you. I hate you. I, I love you. He's, he's fucking great. I love he's a He's an asshole, but he's fucking, I love him. Anchorous. <laughs> He's like he's a he's like yeah he's you know he's an asshole but he's our asshole you know what I mean uh, sure anyway what's that's 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 the mentality I've always had in regard to working at shit I'm not like yelling at people to like move your fucking right. ass but like yeah. I, I get my hands dirty and then like right. <laughs> and then like I get the job I got now and I'm like oh I got people to help me yeah right so like I feel like the whole experience with aliens probably had like because he comes from that and then he goes to aliens in which he feels like he has to act like that with the british crew and i feel like that's probably what influenced his future he's like oh so now i gotta act like this on because 
Tales from the Abyss, which is a, I want to make that show. It's just a, a little, you know, behind the scenes, like, like the offer, but with mm-hmm. making the abyss, um, I would love to like <laughs> delve into the making of that movie. Cause apparently like Ed Harris will not fucking talk about that movie. Like if you bring it up, he refuses to talk about it, which I don't know. Ed Harris, I hear he like yells at people. So I don't know about that guy either, but. Well, it makes sense. Allegedly yells at people. Yeah. It makes sense if he, for Terminator, had like, for one shot, had a crew of four people. Like, it makes sense that he was like, his instinct was like, okay, I have to light and design Mm -hmm. this myself and do all this. I mean, we also know that James Cameron, like, to this day is a control freak and probably wants everything to be just the way that he wants it. Mm -hmm. And like, but that's not how most director, well, I don't know, but a lot of directors are like, I don't have this design, you know, mentality, and, like, I need designers to come in and and do the lighting and things like that. But other directors are just highly particular, and they just didn't meld well with this British crew. And and especially because I think a lot of the crew came from working with with Ridley, and Ridley, I think, is more about, like, is more like, I trust you to do this and like, I don't, you don't need my direct input on it. He's, he's much more comfortable at designating jobs as opposed to like having complete control over everything. Well, here's the thing about that on Blade (laughs) Runner. uh, The, is the, it was uh, Tyrell's office for the, uh, what's it? Voight comp, that little test, that machine. Mm -hmm. They got to the set and they had these like huge pillars on this set, it took them like it took them all day to set up these pillars and whatnot. And then Ridley Scott walked into the set and goes, "Those are upside down." <laughs> they go, "What?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, you put the pillars up upside down." He's like, "Flip them, flip them back the way they're supposed to be." And they're like, "They fucking it's gonna take a whole goddamn day." Ridley Scott's like, "I don't give a shit," and like left. <laughs> so like, should have done it right the first time. <laughs> I, I'm also in each one of these scenarios and stories and stuff like that. I'm also just imagining uh, every British crew referenced all in suits and ties. So even like gaffers <laughs> and and sound guys just suited and booted. Oh, yeah. I think about that often because I, you know, in my work, I like try to dress up like I just think about those old guys. They're like, mine, I'm wearing a suit to work and I'm going to roll up my sleeves and we're going to I'm going to smoke a cigarette. And I'm going to hold a light for half an hour. Not half Paul an hour, Fig? 12 hours. Paul yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm he's a dandy. The other director. <clears throat> he's the only other director aside from... Uh, <clears throat> living director aside from David Lynch I could think of that would like, wear suits regularly. Uh, Sam Raimi. Oh, I didn't know that. He always wears a suit <clears throat> on set. For whatever reason, whenever I picture Sam Raimi, it's just the face and then like a windbreaker. No, he's, he wears like, suits. He's in a windbreaker, but yeah. he wears suits. There you go. If you look at all the Spider-Man stuff, he 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 got it from Hitchcock, who famously. Well, yeah, I mean Hitchcock's okay. the one you think of, yeah, yeah. That was like every job. I mean, though, too. If like, I also if coaches, I was Hitchcock, I probably wouldn't want to come up in sweats or anything. Like, I want to look nice. Yeah, that man definitely does not want to. Yeah, I would not. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to pull it off. No, I don't no, think. No. <laughs> also, love that like football coaches used to wear suits and stuff too. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's like all these things. It's like, oh, I'm glad we've gotten away from suits. Like, almost completely. Absolutely. Like, there's very few moments in, in life now where you gotta, where that calls for an actual suit. You know, collars or no collars, as as in this case, David Bowie style. As, uh, <laughs> said. 
go to uh, your tailor. Can I get a suit? Uh, can I get this David Bowie style? Uh, which and David they put Bowie all this sauce on it? Oh, so you want that? Uh, you do you want to like the uh, the Modern Love music video? Yes, I need the the outfit from the Modern Love music video. And yes, I know that's what Scarlett Johansson wore in Marriage Story on the Halloween part. But I still want the suit. <laughs> yes, the yellow suit that he wears in Modern Love. I think that's Modern Love. I don't know. My uh, David Bowie Cannon. Uh, let me look this up anyway. Talk amongst yourselves as I look up the Modern Love suit. I like the um, I like the child actress in this movie. I think she does a good job. Oh, Carrie Hinn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they... Apparently, like, they search for a long time to find someone with, like, an American accent because they were in England and they had to, like, hire so many English people before they, or at least audition so many English people before they could hire American people. And, like, I think you can still, like, her, she has, like, an American dad and, like, oh. an English mom or something. And you can still yeah. hear a little bit of a lilt, like, in her voice. Oh, yeah. Mostly. I- so, Mostly. yeah, like this was the first time it was like really sticking out to me. It was like just yeah. how inconsistent and weird the accent was. Yeah. And then it dawned on me like, oh, she's going up on some fucking weird planet that they're terraforming. <laughs> like, who knows what the accent would be? Right. Fuck, right. fuck me. You yeah. know? Oh, going back to that. I, I love because uh, he also does it in Terminator 2. But like the bureaucracy of like these lower level guys on mm-hmm. LV on Hadley's hope. That's just like walking around drinking coffee. It was like, yeah, we sent out a, you know, we sent a guy out there to go check it out. And they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and like the <laughs> same thing happens in like, there's a scene of Cyberdyne systems in Terminator two, just like schlubs, like, you know, with like a clipboard and like drinking coffee and like checking their watch. It's like, Oh God, I got so many fucking hours before my shift's yeah, over. Just punching a clock. So when well, new, so when Newt's parents are going out to the ship, are they on the clock? I think so. I think they're like private contractors or some shit yeah, like that. And they're, they're just they're oh okay, they're medicine. contractors. Yeah. I was like, I was like, because if they're on the clock, it's kind of weird that they brought their kids with them to work. Yeah. <laughs> God, that it makes you think of like one time I got in a lift and like it was like a woman picked like the woman was the driver and then I got oh, in there. Oh, and she had like a baby in the car. That had that hadn't happened, but it was like a dude, and the dude was like, "Yeah, this is my mom. Uh, this is her first time doing lift. I just wanted to make sure she's doing okay." I'm like, I was like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> so maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> that, that was their first shift for for Wayland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's okay to bring our kids, right? And to leave them in the car unsupervised. Yeah. <laughs> At least they cracked the window. Yes. <laughs> uh, I wrote down, I don't know why this cracked me up, but just, uh, oh, the sequence, the parts in this. Oh yeah. So I wrote down 15 minutes to reach minimum safe distance. Oh yeah. I started, I started my clock at that. that oh, did moment. you time it? Did you also did get 14 it. minutes when it exploded? Like I did. Yep. Yeah. IMDb says it takes... Close, but no cigar. Yeah, IMDb was like, it's exactly 15 minutes. No, it's not. It's 14 minutes. Which would... You'd be dead. You'd be dead. Yeah. You'd be dead? (laughs) Well, yeah. So when the soundtrack... Well, to be fair, if you didn't go back for the fucking kid, you'd be fine. Yeah. Oh, you'd be out of there. 
You'd be, you'd, you'd be, oh my, oh, you'd be halfway home. You'd be fucking <laughs> sipping cocktails in the Sulaco. You can, you can stop for Long John Silver's on the way back. You know, there's one on the Sulaco. There's a food court. Uh, yeah, where do you think I get my supply of hush puppies? <laughs> I always go to the Sabaro on the Sulaco. I just like saying Sulaco. On KCL, KCL. Sabaro, Sulaco. Hi, welcome to Sabaro, Sulaco. Oh, Spunkmeyer. There's Otis Spunkmeyer there, uh, who's ran by Spunkmeyer, so it's unfortunate that he got killed. Yeah, he was the only one that was making cookies for the time. <laughs> what if he was a descendant of Otis Spunkmeyer? It's like, the cookie recipe just died because some asshole decided to join the Colonial Marines and went to some, what is this, LV-426? Uh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, by the way, so I got back on TikTok recently, and um, for some oh, reason... TikTok is just recommending Andrew Dice Clay TikToks to me. I do not oh, know why. That's a good algo. <laughs> uh, there was one of them of like, uh, this guy was like, it was at the airport Lego store. And then the guy's like, it's, it's Dice going, he's like, oh, I think this guy recognized me. And he walked up to this random guy in a Lego store. He goes, hey, I, I don't know if you thought you recognized me, but uh, you know, it's okay to talk to me. And the guy was like, yeah, I got no idea who you are. <laughs> and I was like, is this a bit? <clears throat> like, is, is, is Dice doing a bit? <laughs> anyway, Dice talks. Uh, oh, yeah. So the moment when the soundtrack drops, like, gets real low whenever Ripley walks into the egg chamber is so fucking cool. Because yeah, there's, like, yeah. no soundtrack except for the queen, like, breathing. Mm-hmm. It's like the only yeah. sound you hear. And then I, all the notes I just have are just like, Jesus fucking decimating these eggs. Like, anyway, oh, yeah. One yeah, of my notes I love is that part. literally the only time burnt eggs have ever been a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. There you go. They get out of there. We talked about that. Oh, the sequence when they're like on the, the part when they're on like the deck waiting on Bishop to come back. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's all the James Cameron lightning all over the place. That mm-hmm. projection screen was just fucking great. I just, I yeah. love a good projection screen. Yes. Because it's not perfect because they shot it on film and then they projected it behind it. So you, you see, see all the, the grain. Oh. You see the seams. Ugh. Let's see. I'm not a fan of the, the volume. I'm not a fan of this whole new ILM form of making stuff. Give me some projection screens any day of the week. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. Nick out here wants to turn down the volume. Me? What just happened? Oh, I thought you guys froze. (laughs) No. I was turning down the volume. I was not talking. Anyway. (laughs) All right. I... (laughs) I think I've podcasted too long. Yeah. I love uh, when Bishop gets torn in half. Yeah, that shit's wild. Yeah. You know it's coming. Yeah. And it delivers. Bishop, you did okay. I did. Gets ripped in half. (laughs) (laughs) James Cameron has a weird sense of humor. Yeah. He's got a, like, to say that there's any sense of humor at all, he's got a weird sense of humor. I think most of his sense of humor comes out in this like Colonial Marines and all the shit they're saying. Yeah. In this yeah, movie, sure. yeah. Overall, True Lies. True Lies feels like his zany comedy. <laughs> I love, I the, love it. 
True Lies is zany. It is. It is. <laughs> it's like a madcap comedy. I, listen, this some bitch Arnold Schwarzenegger looks at the camera and goes, "You're fired," and launches a missile with a dude <laughs> stuck to it. <sighs> and he smirks at the camera when he says, "You're fired." Oh, it's so good. God, blow up the eight mile, nine mile bridge. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Dude, True Lies, whenever that pops up on streaming, because that's the only way you can watch it now, is on streaming, because it's not really? available on Blu-ray. Yeah. Huh. The only way to oh, watch damn. it, this and The Abyss, the only way to watch them on HD is on HBO Max. But, oh, they're fu- so fucking good. So, yeah, speaking of sound dropping, whenever, you know, Queen's chasing after... Newt and all that stuff, and all of a sudden, like the soundtrack goes out as you hear like the door rising, mm-hmm. and all you hear is the door, and then you hear the power loader walking. It's the only sound of the soundtrack is the power loader, and then she says the iconic line: "Everybody say it with me." Get away, Get away from her, from her you bitch! bitch. <laughs> What'd you say, Rip? What did you oh, say? Oh, I think I I was thinking about the wrong mom movie. I said no more wire hangers. Oh yeah, God. <laughs> I should have quoted Mr. Mom. Anyway, um, <laughs> like, yeah, 21, 22. So, anyway, yeah, that whole fucking power loader fights. Oh, I love it so much. Very good. Oh, man. I'm just thinking about it in my head. Oh, that's my hat. You know, when Happy Gilmore was like, go to your happy place, mine yeah. is the fucking <laughs> the power loader fight. That's what my happy place is. It's so great. It's a good fight. I love that. I also love the use of tails by the xenomorphs in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read something on IMDb. I don't know if it's true, but there's like uh, in the original draft, the xenomorphs use their tails to paralyze you, kind of hmm. like a scorpion sting or whatever. And apparently, Hicks got um, impregnated because they like paralyzed them, and he got impregnated that way. That was like oh, in one of the drafts that Cameron wrote. I don't know if it's true because it's IMDb. So boy. Big Jim loves uh, 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 multi-use tails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to Animal Kingdom next month. Very excited about riding some uh, some banshees. That's all I'm going to say. All right, hey, you got to if look if one of the Navi jerks you off, you have to let us know. You have to, you have to tell us. You legally have to tell us if one of the Navi jerks you off on that ride. I ridden it once, so. It didn't happen that time. Is this like okay? It actually happens on the Navi River Journey, not on yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, (laughs) not on the 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 banshee one. Not the banshees, but the little river guy. (laughs) If one of those motherfuckers jerks you off, you have to you have to tell us. Will do. I'll report it uh, next season of the podcast. (laughs) We'll we'll come back and we'll do a Navi jerk off report. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The, the little the, the 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 little tendrils that come out of the edges of the Navi's hair braid on that mm-hmm. it's I don't know I, I think that's why I haven't rewatched Avatar because I don't <laughs> want to see that again. Uh, okay, what's going? Okay, I love that we basically did a remake of the Alien ending with the Queen getting sucked out. Even the, they mm-hmm. even did the fucking same shot. Whenever she's like closing everything. There's there's a point in which I don't know if Ripley's leg is going to get back up in time. And then she always pulls her leg up before the airlock closes. And it gets me every time. I'm like, she better pull that leg up. <laughs> I was thinking about this this time. I was like, 
I was like, in Alien, she takes all this time to get into a spacesuit so that she can breathe. But in this one, I guess they can just breathe when she opens the airlock. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Is that how the Star space, Wars space vacuum works in Star Wars? I don't remember that. Yeah, they have like a basically a a, a space version of a fucking. Oh, that's right. Sp- they have the front porch screen door. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. The little. Yeah. I mean, they might have figured out that technology from the space jockey that was like the laser above the eggs. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. They figured it out in the 57 years that she was in hypersleep. Yeah. Uh, And of course, we have Bishop's iconic line, not bad for a human. (laughs) Which that is the name of Lance Hendrickson's autobiography, which is perfect. Oh, nice. Mm. Nice. Um, Yeah. And then we wrap it up with them on the little pods and then... Newt asks, can I dream? And then Ripley says, yes, I think we both can. Very nice. Affirmative. And then they fall asleep in the pods, just like in the last one. Yep. Now, Peyton, every time you do fall asleep on this podcast, you always cross <laughs> I your do arms like Dracula. I do death. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how everyone sleeps? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> Peyton says, I don't cuddle. <laughs> don't cuddle me, I'm Dracula mode. Oh man. Uh but yeah, this is uh this is dope. I don't know how we rate these movies. Was it eggs? I think we did do eggs last time. <laughs> we did the we recorded the last episode two weeks ago. I already fucking forgot how we did the podcast. <laughs> I get yeah, I get I get out of five eggs, I give this movie six eggs. Yeah, I think we did it out of six last time, but yeah, five out of six out of five. I thought it was five. I don't know. No, I think we did do six. I think we did do six for some reason. Oh, yes. But I would give it six eggs, too. How would you cook? I also gave the last one. How would you cook them, though? I mean, I like my eggs fried, but I don't. (laughs) That sounds good to me. Scrambled? (laughs) I don't know if they're scrambled or not. I guess if you hard boiled them, then you could, like, make the little alien eggs and you could like cut the tops and like have them open up or something and do like an alien themed deviled egg or something. Uh Oh, are we having a dinner party after this? (laughs) Oh man. Anyway, yeah, I get this fucking Guy Fieri on these eggs, man. (laughs) I, yeah, I can't like, it's hard for me to pick like a, I know you didn't ask, but it's hard for me to pick a favorite between the first one and the second one, just because they're so different thematically. But I think for me personally, I like Aliens more because I think it has like a lot more heart than mm-hmm. than Alien has. Alien is just kind of like a straightforward horror movie. But Aliens has like has like human connection and like heart and sentiment to it that a lot of James Cameron's stuff tends to have. Yeah. It um it really proves that what you can do with material. And that's mm-hmm. one of the aspects I love about it. Plus it's just, it's a fun fucking movie. I saw this movie in 70 millimeter at music box, like short, like on alien day back in 2016. And it was like, before they presented the movie, they were like, guess what? This is 70 millimeter f- film print. And guess what? It's loud as fuck. <laughs> like that's how they introduced the I movie. I wish I could have been there, yeah. Yeah, and they, they told everybody, it's like, listen, th- I love how they emphasize this. We all know you know the lines from this movie. 
We know. You know all the lines from this movie. <laughs> we all know the lines. Like, this is somebody introducing the movie. This fucking girl. We all know the lines from this movie. So let the people on the screen say the lines and don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> <sighs> Which is, I think, how every, every like just, retro screening should be introduced. Yeah. We know just, you know... Just don't that, do it. That reminds me of um, uh, years ago. I went to uh, see like a midnight uh, showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I remember. And, and that's a fun. It's a fun thing, and like it's it's cool that 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 is a thing. But I remember going to see it with my brother, and my brother was like, "Did you have fun?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I kind of just wanted everyone to shut up because I just really wanted to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show." <laughs> <laughs> the, the first time I ever saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show, I was like eight years old and my mom put it on because like my dad was starting to show me like his movies like Caddyshack and Animal House. And so my mom's like, oh, no, he doesn't. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to shape his taste. And I'm like eight years old, not having a clue about what the fuck I'm seeing on the screen. And my mom has her audience script. And she's just talking along <laughs> in conversation with the movie. And I'm like, what what the fuck is happening here? When I when I went to go see it at the music box, because this is the first time, like I've seen the movie like a couple of times before right, like, right. at the house with friends. But this is the first time I actually went to one of those screenings. A midnight showing. Yeah. And um which it was it was fun as fuck. It the was great. Double yeah, it's fun, yeah. And then um but there's one guy in the back who he had his own script of his own riffs uh. <laughs> that he did. And it got bad after a while because it was just like, I just wanted to look back, like kind of jump the gun on that joke, didn't you? Because it was like a joke. <laughs> He'd make the joke like t- like a, like 30 seconds before the line came. And it's just like, did you, do you have time codes next to these lines you're saying? <laughs> like, did you fuck the time code up? Was he also surprised that he got called out for being in the back row? Like, doesn't sound like he knew what he was good at getting into. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I'll say this also: the uh, the midnight showing of the room at the music box is always a, is always a very fun time. Um, do they do call outs and stuff for the room, or is it just people enjoying how bad the room no they is? do. They do call outs and stuff. There's like different parts where they'll like, you know, they'll throw the football up and down the aisle and, oh, you know, throw the plastic, uh, plastic f- spoons. Yeah. Th- yeah. At the, at the screen, stuff like that. Fun. He's um, he's whenever, every, <laughs> for every, uh, uh, establishing shot of the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, everyone, you go, 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 go. And when you reach the end, you're like, ah! <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, aliens. Did you rate it? Yeah, I rated it. I rated six eggs. Six eggs. And Peyton, you rated it. Yeah. I remember that one. <sighs> I gotta rate this one now. And, and Peyton, you're right when you say like eight... Like it's between th- this and the, and the first one, it's so hard because also they're just such different movies mm-hmm. too, right? You know that's why like whatever kind of phase in life I'm in at the time is sort of what dictates which is my favorite Alien movie, mm-hmm. and I think I'm moving into uh, a phase where Alien is my favorite. Um, because there was also I also was I had it on while I was working, so there was an element of like. Ah, it's too loud. I got what's work to do. Oh, wait, no, but this is actually I'm gonna watch this part. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I wanna 
it's so hard because I'm just like, am I also going to give this six eggs? Peyton, did you give it six or five? I gave it six. You gave it six? Because like how? How unoriginal. You know? Yeah, it's fucking great. We all love it. Yeah. Right, right. I've uh, but it's six fucking eggs. I don't know what else to say. Like, I can't think of any other. I was trying to justify like, like, like five and a half eggs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Scrambled, by the way. Um, thank you. And like the 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 closest I could get was those nitpicks that I had with the beginning of just like. I don't know, put a, you know, just like fucking end me before sending me back to this planet. But that's right. like so fucking nitpicky. Like, who gives a shit? No, like, nothing. You don't get this if that's the decision made. You don't want that decision to be made. Yeah. So right. fucking goddamn it. Six goddamn eggs. I will say this. I, the, my nitpick about this movie, my main nitpick is I don't like the whole bug aspect of the xenomorphs i like the oh, mythology right. when they call them bugs and stuff yeah, yeah i like yeah. the mythology of uh because you know they got a like they're like there's even a conversation directors cut like yeah like ants or bees and then i like the mythology of the xenomorph which is established like they they bring it up but like the xenomorph is scarier if it just comes from nothing. It's just a thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's just... Mm-hmm. like There's no hierarchy to what it is. It's just a bioengineered creature that is just designed to kill. And, and like, it's the... As Ash calls it, it's the perfect organism. Like, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the part I like about Alien, well, and that's what I don't like about Aliens. So, isn't that... And I'll, and I'll counter with the Isn't that something that humanity would do is take something that is so invincible and so scary because you don't know anything about it and and belittle it and and try to tear it down and and minimize it so you can wrap your head around it you know like i feel like that's kind of where the whole like just minimizing them to like bugs and stuff like that like kind of where that kind of comes or you know exterminating them you know yeah like and I, but I, but I, I fucking know what you're talking about because I'm the same way with like zombie movies. Like I don't want to know where this shit came from. Mm-hmm. I like I I like it so much more when it's ju- it just it's just a fucking force unleashed unto the world. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's I think honestly that's also the same germ that that turned me on to Halloween movies as well because that's what that's what Michael Myers is at his best. Mm-hmm. It's just unstoppable force. Yeah. He's just evil. Yeah. The yeah, the xenomorph not known, that's that's so that's so much scarier to me. Is like not yeah. knowing what what the fuck where the fuck this thing came from. Mm-hmm. That's so much scarier to me than like, oh yeah, it's a bug. We're going on a bug hunt. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, obviously the prequels touch upon all this, which I don't know how the fuck that all worked. That I'm still trying to wrap my head around the prequels and how they deal like with the xenomorph with the alien anyway right yeah we'll i think it, i have though. it blocked from memory so we'll see we'll see what i remember when when i rewatch the prequels oh man i remember we'll save it for the prometheus episode um mm-hmm. all right well that was this that was aliens come back next week where we're talking about alien cubed a movie i have not seen I think what I'm going to try to do is because there's a David Fincher work print before he got fired off the movie that I'm, I'm going to try to watch that. And 
I'm, a, I'm actually going to take some time with Alien 3 because this one I was like, yeah, I've watched it a thousand times. I'm going to throw the director's yeah. cut on. I'm not going to do behind the scenes stuff. I already know everything about this fucking movie. Yeah. But Alien 3, I'm you had like. Your whole, you had a whole map laid out. Yeah. Yeah. They um, have um they have like a cut I forget what it's called but it's like they use David Fincher's notes to to try to repiece it together yeah I think that's the work print cut yeah maybe but um assembly cut yeah maybe. the assembly cut that's I think I, I think so yeah that's what it is I need to watch that but yeah that's that's got some fun behind the scenes stuff it's visual so we're not gonna watch it on the podcast mm-hmm. of course but anyway so yeah Alien Three I'm excited. It's okay. It's an okay movie. It I'm excited e- to trash on it. <laughs> it's it's the exact. It's the fucking exact opposite of Aliens, and I'm lo- I love that they went in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> look at this. Look at this cast. Well, Charles Dance, Charles S. Dutton. Yeah, Pete dude. Postlethwaite. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's a stacked cast for sure. Yeah, dude. Holt McAnally? Okay, now we're talking. This cast was built for Rip Camelucci. I'm telling you that much right now. <laughs> the only person who's Love not it. in it is Ron Canada. Okay, well, you know. What if Kevin Dunn was in this, was in Alien 3? Anyway. Uh, then then I would have actually seen it by now. <laughs> Rip has, of course, tried to establish the Kevin Dunn cinematic universe, which I think that'd be a good podcast. Anyway, we're just pitching... We're done. Um, you can stop listening. Um, follow Franchise <laughs> Surprise on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Nick Lathan. I'm on Letterboxd as well. I'm not on Instagram. Deleted it. Um, what else do we need to plug? Screen at the screen with Nick and Sarah Jane. We just did. I think we're doing Blood Rage came out today. Anyway, um, that's wrapping up soon. But yeah, more alien stuff coming up. Fun times. Yeah. Please listen to Queer Movie Night uh, with me and Deb Duncan. Also on Arcade Audio. And you can follow me on Peyton Cody Lynch on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Um, the Blank Slate. Also on Arcade Audio. We're just drafting bullshit these days. Uh, I believe this month, uh, the Chicken Draft is coming out. Um, that's all I'll say. Uh, and then uh, at Rich Cammy on all socials. Um, I'm starting to do TikTok more. I'm just... Uh, it's the lowest effort thing uh, I've ever done with like the highest rate of like people reaching out to be like, oh my god, we love this. All I'm doing is getting high and watching roller coaster POVs. It's, they're great. They're fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I'll keep doing them forever and ever. Even when people stop watching, I'll keep doing the them. The realization so of in luck. a recent video, I can only describe it as uh, Rip's watching this roller coaster and he's like, this is pretty cool. And then it comes to the realization is like it has this view. It's like one in like Denver or Colorado or whatever. Yeah. And it's like a bunch of trees everywhere. You're like, oh, that's pretty. And, and then like the turn when it happens and when you realize they haven't gone up yet and you go, it goes up. <laughs> it, it, I've watched it so many times. It just fills me with joy. If you go, it goes up. <laughs> that's the same one where the, the guy riding the roller coaster uh, he screams. I wet my basement on that one. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus! You what? <laughs> Never heard that. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing these days. Oh man! All right. Well, um, does anybody have a quote uh, to take us out on? <clears throat> Can we dream now? Affirmative. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.